Welcome back to Cruising with Steak. And this, oh shit, I already screwed it up, but I'm, I'm rolling with it. Um, I am joined by James Cruz. What's up? And we are also blessed with the presence of King Jingle himself, Sir Felix Ortega. Shamalama ding dong. There we go. Boom. Bug bomb. Bug bombs. <laughs> just just bug bombing it. Bombing out of here, dude. Bombing out of here in like five hours. Getting on a plane. Uh, I'm leaving on a jet plane. Dude, until you are. <laughs> when I'll be back again. <laughs> yes. Man, so you're going down to Florida, James? Yeah, dude. It's uh it's a, it's gonna be ridiculous. I mean, I really don't go to sleep till like three o'clock anyway. It's not that big of a deal, but getting everybody out and about because you gotta yeah. get an airport it's like two hours early dude who's who's watching your pets do you need me to like cruise over to cleveland <laughs> yeah. grim patrol yeah dude i'll just awesome. go over there feed the cats you know i got this <laughs> yeah two dogs yeah my my mother-in-law she's gonna stop by yeah because i nobody wants deal. to take be... care of your, your animals so nah, it's dude. like what Stressful. It would be sweet if the hyper hyperloop was up and running. Oh, dude, I know. If the, oh man, we need to get that. Come we over. need we need a hyperloop <laughs> from Chicago to Cleveland, and oh, dude, it'd be perfect. It's it would a be twenty nine minute uh, trip. From Wouldn't that be badass? God, that'd be badass. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it dude. So, baby. Uh, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I was talking to Leonidas uh, yesterday, and we were talking about like. Uh, how I don't remember which show it was, but we were talking about like a conference and uh, I think it was with Dr. Rita talking about conferences and uh, he commented yep. on it and he's like, dude, he's like, we should fucking like look into that and like maybe get a conference going. And uh, yeah, man, there's just all this stuff like he's he's a real ambitious dude. <laughs> and he's like, we just got to find a good I, I location. The same thing. Of like, yeah, dude, he's it, put on a bunch dude, of cons think and about stuff. Just and, the dudes I know uh, just in Ohio that do these podcasts. I mean, like you could get like four yeah, shows right off the bat just yeah, for but, podcasters alone. But dude, it'd, uh, be, it'd be kind of cool to do a like, nice little Midwest uh, Midwest conference meetup type deal. Have some speakers, yeah. you know, just fun. take out a loan. Give yeah, a just take out a loan. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, say you had a hotel, which is typically what they all do and yeah you know, man and just a big, a, con- a big room in there yeah yep. yeah yeah he was telling me all about that shit so uh i don't know man maybe if right. things if things start looking up 2019 next year we may do uh do something i mean it would <laughs> be pretty much only be for us because we don't have listeners but <laughs> it'll be it'll be badass anyway be a great meet and greet for everybody yeah, man, we'll get some good promoting um oh yeah in this Problems. episode we interviewed Eric Arneson of the podcast My Alchemical Bromance and the Arnamancy blog. And dude, it was a blast. We had a lot of a lot of laughs, a lot of good times. It was Is it was that uh, Eric with a K or Eric with a C? It's Eric C-K with a K. Eric, Eric with, with a K. a K. Yeah. And uh he's Okay. Yeah, master dude, he's, master of all things. Yeah, he Reverend is. Eric. Reverend Eric. We did a lot of magic talk and normally when uh James and I have a guest on that knows a lot about magic. We'll bring Jerry in or something just to like keep up. And I was like, nah, man, we could wing this. And it was, it's, it's, it was just like fucking <laughs> Eric just talking to dummies. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, it was good though. And Eric levitate? Can he yeah, levitate? Yeah, dude, actually he can. Um, he actually learned that from Chris Angel and David Blaine. They both taught him how to levitate. So, I mean, he's pretty skilled. And that's it's the kind of magic we're talking trip. about. Yes. No, it's an illusion. 
<laughs> I did have a dream recently where I was doing telekinesis and I thought it was pretty cool. I was just moving things around with my hands, oh, with the wave of my like hand. The... I was moving things in my dreams. I was pretty excited Man, with myself. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Damn. Ah, so Felix, um, yes. you got some new music or something, a new, new song we're going to, we're going to play it out with. Well, it's more of a remastered old song. What do you got going on? Okay. What do you got in the works? Is this the, uh, is this the scripted part of the intro? Uh, yes. Yes, sure. it is. We yes, script all of our intros. <laughs> all right, let, let me sh shuffle my papers here. And okay. Yeah. Go through your notes. notes out. Yeah. <laughs> so this, yeah, this is a, a song that's a long time coming. I've been just kind of recording it here whenever I have time and I'm, it's going to be, end up, uh, be, end up being a number of songs that are from my back catalog that I'm just making sound better with kind of all my, my new knowledge with recording. Right. Um, so this song is called Immortal Tortoise. It's probably from like 10 years ago. And there's like a back story with one of the lyrics in the song. And one of the lyrics in the song is we're going to need all the purple in the world. Mm -hmm. And this, this harkens back to when I was kind of hanging out with my niece, she was probably like four or five at the time and we were coloring and she said something like, we were drawn and she goes, we're going to need all the purple in the world. <laughs> and I go, I like that. I like how you said that. I need to write that down and put it in a song. So <laughs> some lyrics. It's in that song. Nice. And the, the, the gimmick of this song is that it just kind of goes and goes and goes. So I, I made it even longer than the original. <laughs> it's uh, like seven minutes. Incarnation of the song. <laughs> yes. It's like double the length. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> But it's Stick like, you know, for... double, double your pleasure, double your fun. That's what we do here. Cruise with steak. Double. And I can, I can talk about the instrumentation. I do all the instruments on it. You want me to talk about that? Yeah. Heck yeah, man. And this is going to be at the end of the show. This song will, and I suggest you guys all go and purchase it when you're done. But, uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's not out for purchase yet. Oh, oh man. Exclusive guys. <laughs> yeah. This is unreleased material. Oh <laughs> man. Cruising with steak exclusives. 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 <laughs> yes. So you went to the right platform to, to reach cruise, as many people as you possibly can. <laughs> but, uh, Cruise exclusive. The album might be called um, Nighttime Boutique. Ooh. Uh, but maybe we could kind of uh, uh, brainstorm some ideas of what the album name could be. Mm. Well, if there's but one I'm thing we're good with, at, it's brainstorming. I'm going with Nighttime Boutique because I feel like Boutique has this kind of... Um, you know, high class kind of sound to it's it. It's like a smell, right? you know. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's aged. And it's like and a I fine just, wine. <laughs> yeah, and I've been thinking a lot about you know, a lot of musicians will sell their music, and they I feel like they sell themselves short. So I'm gonna sell this album for a little bit more than normal, just because like, like forty five bucks a track. Maybe not that much. <laughs> well, I'll figure I'll figure out the price, but. The thing is, you know, you put all this effort into like one song and you sell it to a person for like a dollar, you know, and yeah. it makes you feel, it makes you feel like, okay, I put all this work like weeks into like one song. Yeah. yeah and then what is it like? Does, does Bandcamp skip like change off of that? Yeah. And they take a little yeah. bit of money off of it. But then again, you know, I, I hate that kind of the, the price that, that you have to sell music for nowadays. Dude. Okay. This and is just, an I know idea. It's, it's something that's totally intangible, but people just like love music and like music is a big, can be like a big uplifting kind of thing or yeah. very 
especially Felix's music. Yeah, dude. Yeah, especially my music. You have great. It really great is, jams. dude. It, it, yeah. A lot of my old old recordings, like were just more of like, kind of, I always say they were kind of just journal entries because I did a lot of them on a whim and didn't really pay too much mind to really making them sound perfect. But yeah, now it was I'm just passion projects, take, you know. Passion, yeah, yeah, just passion. But now, now I'm really trying to kind of just make them sound good, but it takes a lot of work, right? Dude, like, yeah, just the mastering, the editing, and all that. Yeah, like especially with all the the new ninja skills you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the mixers yeah. and equipment and stuff yeah holy shit but what happens you have a chance like, to go back and make some of these into uh oh i don't, I don't know how record sales get platinums <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. something like that but you know what'll happen is like you'll turn up one thing and that totally like it'll affect like another sound and you have to just it's like a balancing act and it can just be can be a big headache right it's you like know, making a yeah, pasta sauce you know, you got to get it just right. You got to get the marinara. Yeah. You put a little flavoring in it. <laughs> but this is taking me a long time for just one stinking song. So it's going to be at the end here. And, and eventually it'll be on an album here with uh, some other stinking songs. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be called Nighttime Boutique because I've been recording them a lot at, like, at, the, at night. And I kind of like the sound of that. And uh, instrumentation. So there's like guitar. There's uh, piano. There's, uh, I have this little cookie tin that I use for percussion. So it's a little cookie tin that you might find some Christmas cookies in. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, so piano, then there's electric guitar and there's this like a simulated bass guitar. And then I used a couple of my little pocket synthesizers on the end of it. Ooh. So there's all kinds of little bleeps, bleeps and bloops at the end. So keep, Very keep nice. your ear open for the bleeps and bloops. Oh, okay. I always do. The bleeps and bloops are what I come for. <laughs> you got to, you got to well, like the, Yeah. Like you're talking, I'm, you, you've been uh, sharing once in a while. Some, you know, you always get these new little gadgets and stuff that, you know, that like you're talking about when it, it adds to this stuff, dude, yeah. These little synthesizers and stuff. Yeah. Like little pocket synths. <laughs> and, you got to be receptive. You got to be receptive for the, the bleeps yeah. and bloops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we appreciate so all your work, dude. Dude, fuck yeah, we do, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Your your music is the only music that I can use that is good. It's fair use. Everything else, everything else, the videos just get flagged on YouTube for my copyrighted music. I throw it that, in. and it's like feel good music for yeah, this. Dude, you got good feel vibes. good vibe. I mean, I, I think it fits. We're mm-hmm. a good team, bro. Yeah, we're a good team. That's yeah, dude. We should do some. Sure. Uh, yeah, digital high fives. Virtual high, virtual high fives. Yeah. <laughs> we should uh we we should do like some in-house marketing or uh sale of this album like uh like a donation of so much will get you this album and then you'll get a cut of it. Well, we're, we we could work something out where everybody could win with this. <laughs> totally. It's a win-win. Boutique. <laughs> Nighttime boutique. I was also thinking of calling the album Felix uh Felix Ortega's Day Off and then doing like a photo shoot of me looking like Ferris Bueller. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. I, I still kind of have this thing where I just don't want to put my face on the album cover, but maybe eventually I'll put my face on it. Just put a lampshade on your head and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. And I'd, I'd have to get like a letter jacket or something like Ferris Bueller coat wise. <laughs> That'd be cool. Just do a little something like that day off. I'll help you out with the, 
the artwork for the oh yeah yeah <laughs> no graphics <laughs> yeah <laughs> get that logo for done sure. James for sure with the new with the new comp the yes. new comp oh, yeah I love man. my new comp <laughs> comps <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys want to talk about something else then I I thought I'd do a little cool little segment about sound recordings do it segment it up. You read, Just read from that up. book. Yeah, hey man, it's it. an audio primarily podcast. So, what you got for us, dude? All right. So, since this is, I'm kind of the music guy of the moment. I have a book I got from a thrift shop, and it's called "One Thousand Recordings to Hear Before You Die." So, interesting. It gives little gives little write ups about you know an artist from the past that did a really cool, let's say, like a a jazz musician recorded a really awesome song in the '50s, '60s. Or, you know what? Let me. I'm gonna ask you. You're hip to the whole like. Was it like the four thirty-two hertz? You know, all, all those type of things, right? You know, of all that kind of shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what is what is your thoughts on some of those things? Like, uh, do you think it, there's a thing to it? Like this resonant, you know, like resonant frequency type. Uh, I think there could be, but but then again, I just feel like all sounds are just all along the spectrum. You know, all the all like the, known like the brown sounds. note. The brown note. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> they all fit there, you know. I guess there's maybe. Well, uh, yeah, uh, isn't I don't yeah. I don't know if there's like a magic verse or something that you know, like it's always you know catches somebody somebody's ear, or is that like a Hertz thing? Is it like, mm-hmm. or is it just or a like, melody? Is it a certain melody? Because dude, a lot of your songs just have like a perfect melody to them. I don't know. I. I Maybe maybe it is just it just takes the right kind of artist or something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's music, man. Well, the whole the whole thing is uh, it's like the relative tuning, and and I've like looked into it a little bit, but the the relative tuning then that that became standardized, and they say during like the 1930s, the standardized A note yeah. was they said it's going to be 440 hertz, and then everything is built from that, like relatively or at intervals. Uh, so 440 hertz is they say they standardize it and they say that that's the A note and and I think I read something that like the Nazis supposedly standardized the 440 hertz and that oh, there was man. some uh, nefarious reason that they did it because they knew that it was a destructive Ooh. frequency that if it became popular in music that over time it would you know degrade people or make them you know whatever social engineering kind of thing yeah, you know yeah but people say that 432 is this this frequency if you do the a note at 432 hertz and everything's relative from that that it's more human sounding it's more yeah the frequency just kind of resonates better with the human ear yeah it's and, it's like the god mind, frequency mind or something isn't it like because i know uh i think it's ryan peverly records in what is that 432 or he records yeah. in some weird hertz like that and, and diff- different or- orchestras will tune to not 432 but they'll tune a little away from 440 and mm-hmm. and like i said i feel like it's just it's all relative and then it's like a continuous spectrum of like sound frequencies you're gonna hear it all I'll just send you this thing i just listened to uh midnight mike from moby dm he does the night talk shows on monday nights and he released one in their stream the other day sometimes he'll he'll he'll, he'll put one out uh, in the street in their stream but uh th- for like 30 minutes they had a guy on that he found that does this harmonic stuff like uh, we're kind of what we're talking about right now and he's a he's like an audio engineer and all this shit and 
I think you might find it very interesting. But I'll I'll forward you the link to the uh, to the podcast. Do it, do it, do it. Send it to me in a yeah. tiny, tiny URL, please. Just tiny URLs. Tiny URLs. Okay. <laughs> uh, search OBDM in your podcast player, and then yeah, it'll be right in there. Yeah. None of that long-winded, like five capital A backslash HTTP and ampersand ampersands and a percent sign in there for some reason. That's what you should name the album. It's 10 ampersands, not nine ampersands. Totally. <laughs> two, two backslashes, oh, semicolon, colon. <sighs> so should I do my recording thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's go, go in your it. book, dude. <laughs> really quick, I'll just like name the song and then you, you out there in the listening audience can, if you want to go, if this, this song seems like it's something that's calling out to you, go, go find it and listen to it, right? Before you die. Don't go dying on me now. <laughs> So I randomly open up the book again. Uh, the book again is 1,000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die. And I'll try to read a little, the little write-up for you. Here we go. Oh, this is kind of, uh, this could be this song that everyone probably has already heard. So Exodus by Bob Marley and the Wailers. Ooh, okay. And there's a little uh, topic here. It says movement of, movement of Ja People. Uh, as his international stature grew in the late 1970s, Bob Marley became an engine of idealism, using his music to talk about deplorable situations and daring to dream of societies where all are equal. His consciousness-raising works, particularly his album and the African-centered survival, which is nearly as good, are never sanctimonious, but so rich with humanity and compassion that they stir those same qualities in the listeners. So they stir that, that compassion in you. Exodus is Marley's best studio album. Time Magazine once named it the album of the century. Ooh. That's kind of cool, huh? Yeah. It was recorded in London, not in Jamaica, man, oh, where Marley relocated after being injured in 1976 in a 1976 murder attempt at his home in Jamaica. Huh. So yeah, hence, hence the name Exodus probably, right? Yeah. Uh, the opening song. Like violent place to live back then. <laughs> Jamaica? Yeah. Yeah. It's the heat. Mm -hmm. uh, so, this is the album. It says you got to listen to the album. The, the opening songs for Vinyl Heads, side one. Find Marley turn, turning away from the day to day struggle, his customary subject, and instead addressing metaphysical concerns, mixing the lofty language of a spiritual seeker with the urgent tones of an insurrectionist. The second half comes back down to earth via a collection of sweet and worshipful love songs. Three Little Birds, that's a good one. And mm -hmm. Dance Party Reggae, the springy jamming. And you guys probably have all heard jamming. Oh, before. yeah. I hope you like jamming too. Mm -hmm. We be jamming. Uh, the whalers here are in rare form. I'm wondering what that means. Mm. Streamlined, super tight beats are bolstered by rumbling, elastic funk and the serenely steady rhythm guitar of Junior Marvin. All right, super tight beats. I like those. Yeah. By, this time, uh, by the time this album appeared, lots of music people outside Jamaica revered reggae. It had moved beyond exotic novelty to become almost a social movement, a communal spiritual experience. You can detect that throughout Exodus, particularly on the closing medley, which finds Marley connecting his utopian original One Love to the classic Curtis Mayfield hymn, People Get Ready. This is one of those tracks all humanity should hear, a prayer for love and understanding from a voice of pure idealism 
whose every utterance is an affirmation. Listen and believe. Released in 1977 on Tough Gong Island Records. And we've all heard Bob Marley, but yeah, those songs again are just really like uplifting. Oh yeah, yes. definitely, man. Summertime, you, springtime. What songs. do you think of uh, the conspiracy that they uh, they actually gave him cancer? Like, like he just like somebody somebody sabotaged him. Like he was he was pretty much assassinated. I think I've um, heard heard things some, about that. There's so many weird things. Like he used yeah, to man. shoot peanut butter into his temples. What? Stuff like that. Oh, Weird shit like that. How do you shoot yeah. peanut butter into your temples? I don't, I don't even know. get that. I don't know why I've heard that, but I heard that. <laughs> I, I like it. Pepper, so. <laughs> I try that. Man. You want to do another random one? You want to oh, do one sure. more? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got, another one? Yeah. yeah let's do it's another. Probably gonna be something super, yeah. you know, poppy. Super tramp? <laughs> You're probably not going to find any uh, Katie. What year is this? What year is this book? Published. Let me see quick. I didn't, you, you got me on the spot here. Pink Floyd in there or anything? Published in 2008. So oh, it's pretty, yeah. Definitely. So it could, it could include the aughts, some songs from the aughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The aughts. The aughts. Okay. Totally random. Not pre-scripted. Totally random. You can even hear the pages. Yeah, he's flipping through that thousand page book. <laughs> Things huge. All right. Before you die. Before you die. Listen to this one. Ooh. Uh, the song or this maybe the album is called Gravity, and the artist's name is Alejandro Escovido. Never heard. This is new. Well, this is here we go. Um, the genre is rock. The album looks like it was released in 1992 on uh, Watermelon Records. Sounds like a good uh, record company, Watermelon Records. Tasty. So this is Alejandro. You guys ready for the write-up? Uh-huh. Okay. Alejandro Escovito began his career fronting two hard-hitting, often thrilling rock bands in the 1980s, Rank and File and The True Believers. Have you heard, have you heard of them? Uh, no. no. Rank and File sounds familiar, but I, I don't. The True Believers, no. Neither caught on. That's probably why you never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And after the believers packed up in 1987, Escovito began looking for different outlets. Then his wife committed suicide. And that changed everything. Suddenly, Escovito found himself writing inward-looking songs of grief and loss. These came in many forms. Somber ones colored by a novelist's sense of human nature. Philosophical ones that drew draw life lessons out of tense and tangled situations. Gravity, I think that's the name of the album. We'll have to all go check it out. Uh, Escovito's first solo album gathers these songs. It's quite different from most singer-songwriter records partly because of the circumstances of its creation, partly because of its brilliantly scored string quartet backing, and partly because Escovito is prone to understatement. What do you think that means, prone to understatement? I don't know. Think he, that he uh, is prone to um, not overstating things? Yeah. Maybe talking about serious subjects with uh, no kind of regard for him or not understanding the impact of the subjects he's singing about. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Maybe gotcha. <laughs> uh, his like voice it. has a natural coarseness, the jarring realization. Uh, this is the name of the song. She doesn't live here anymore. Comes as much from the texture of voice, which is broken apart, halting, unsure as the narrative itself. Gravity's songs unfold slowly 
and usually wind up in a listless, all cried out, numb from pain zone. Jesus sounds like a real weepy album. Yeah. This is, this is where Escovito is most comfortable. Though he put rock behind him to record this, he retains a rock frontman's sense of drama and the ability to detach from the deeply troubling situations he's describing. He sings sad, regal songs like Five Hearts Breaking. Ouch. Five Hearts Breaking. That's a lot of hearts. Yeah. Breaking. It is. As if he's resigned to the long trudge forward, and no matter how reluctant he is, he has to keep on keeping on. Gravity, indeed. Man. Here, I I have this uh, song, She Doesn't Live Here Anymore, queued up. So let's... uh, Let's see if any of us have heard this and just don't know it. I'm instantly sad. Yeah, right? Yeah. Let's skip ahead. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> now that they've happened, it makes no difference. She does. All right, we're just going to count that as we check oh. that one off the list. We checked it off the list. We heard it. Now we can die. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, Man. So, kind of want sound, to after that. Sound like a little uh, kind of like Jeff Buckley kind of feel to it. Yeah, okay. Little? Yeah, we can do that. Get down with that. Add that. Yeah. So, huh, yeah. Speaking of gravity, have you guys seen that gravity movie? The one that's like in space? Sandra Bullock? No, actually, I never did. I, I want to watch that one. I heard it I was really like good. Super, super realistic. Yeah. yeah. That's probably why I never watched it, because it seemed too realistic. I need some I need some good sci-fi, some fantastical shit <laughs> to keep me going. Jeez, Although geez, I, you, it, saw it with your, you saw it with your own eyeballs? Yeah, I saw it. I've seen it a couple times. All right. Yeah, it's a couple good. times. Thumbs up? How do you find it? Yeah. Yeah, I give it a thumbs up. It's cool. The the imaging is is really good. Uh there's there's only like three people in the movie. It's ninety percent her. Oh, don't know. spoiler it. Oh man. <laughs> do you, what do you think dude. what do you think Siskel would or Ebert would have thought of it? Oh uh, yeah, they all I'm sure they all gave it thumbs up, dude. One of those guys is not alive no more, or both yeah. of them. <laughs> I think maybe both of them. I don't know. Mandela? Mandela. Are they if they're both alive, then we're totally getting Mandela'd. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's a good movie. I watched I, Annihilation last night. Oh my god. You want to talk that? about Yeah, that's a weird, wacky ass movie. Can you spell Annihilation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starts with an A. Tell me, tell me after the show. Yeah, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do this yeah. off off the air. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you, James knows how to spell it. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <Got> Annihilation. <laughs> Man, so we have any more business to take care of on this intro? QR codes? We got QR codes coming out for Crucible with Steak. <laughs> QR code stickers that we'll be mailing out to uh, the first five people that leave a five star review on uh, Crucible with Steak. And iTunes. I'll send you. I'll I'll, I'll uh, personally call you and, and uh, record a, yeah, uh, a voice, your voicemail setting uh, for you. Yeah. And I'll well, personally put a uh, belly button lint in the in the envelope. <laughs> in the envelope. <laughs> yeah. Man, just tell him Cliff yeah, Wall sent do, you there. We could do fun stuff like that. We could do fun stuff. 
so yeah um i don't know listen to felix's stuff buy his music support him listen to the song at the end where of the can show we support you yeah where can oh, we yeah. find you at felix oh the yeah fall? you can go Keanu? to uh sirfelix.bandcamp.com so it's s-i-r-f-e-l-i-x.bandcamp.com go check out i got a catalog of like 10 plus albums of just stuff from the past 10 15 10 years probably it's great and um or if you just want to send me money, you can send me money at to PayPal me uh, backslash jingle money, baby. Jingle money. Jingle money. Not jingle money, baby. Just jingle <laughs> just money. Just jingle money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> some little kid's going to get some cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Have, baby jingle money guy. Wait, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Support Cruise Mistake. Send us a donate. Uh, give us a review. Send us an email so we can read it on air. Um, yeah. Support Gray America. Yeah, they just got smashed. They've had a, uh, they, some yeah. issues going on. Yeah, they glue almost got destroyed. Car uh, ran into yeah. Aaron's garage, yeah, and uh, it almost took out the igloo completely. Uh, they might have to relocate. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Subscribe to my alchemical bromance, Eric's podcast. He's a great guy. This was a great show. Real fun one. Real laid back. Uh, come to the come to the chats Discord. It's uh, there's a link to it pinned on Twitter. There's also one in the show notes. And it's all happening. It's all happening. I, yeah, I just want really to send is. some good thoughts out to everybody out there. And I'm thinking, you know, this Alejandro Escovito guy sounds really sad in those songs. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, you know, wounded people, hurt people, things like that. I just hope that that they can kind of get through their things in whatever way. And hopefully they have people around them that can help them get through tough, tough times. Yes. Amen. That is beautiful. And if you don't have people come into the chats, cause we are so supportive and loving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, we'll help you guys through. If you anything. need a hug. If you need yeah, a dick, digital pic, hugs, anything. dude, I'll send yeah, you a dick pic at school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, on that note, we'll wrap this thing up. Thanks for listening guys. Enjoy the chat with Eric. Thanks for coming. Felix. Love you, bud. James. Jingle, jingle all the way. Love you guys. Yeah, Love James, too, be man. careful in Florida. Hey, yeah, I'll be checking in. You'll see. Yeah, uh, I'll see you in the chats. See you in the chats. Safe travels. Safe, travels. Safe journeys. Thank you. So it's another cruising with steak adventure. And today, oh wait, I'll get radio voice going. Today on the podcast, we have Eric Arneson. He's a 44th degree Freemason. I'm pretty sure he went through hypnotic regression to find out that he was a space marine based on Europa fighting in the intergalactic wars. So we're going to hear a lot about that. Um, What else do I have in my notes here? Oh, you also do like street magic, like Dave, David Blaine type stuff too? You pull that up? Oh, yeah. 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 My specialty is the 52-card pickup. <laughs> so, so, Eric, when welcome, like, welcome to Cruise with deck of cards. <laughs> yes. uh, Thanks. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been, I've been waiting for decades. <laughs> this, for is, decades this is long overdue. Come on your show. It's a long, long overdue appearance. <laughs> 
So I was on a, I was on a live episode once, wasn't I? Oh yeah, that was with me and Jerry, and that was kind of where we were. Oh yeah, you were. That's right. Go mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm. Uh, go back to our YouTube channel. No, we don't even have listeners. I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> but, yeah, you must have at least one listener. <laughs> there's, there's I mean, I listened. I listened to a couple of your episodes. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you. I listened to, <laughs> to your fabulous podcast also, which is uh, my alchemical bromance. Yeah, and that's yeah, uh, live from Europa. Live from Europa. <laughs> Man, so okay. You guys do a lot of crazy stuff on that show, like uh, a lot of remote recording. What do you use to do your remote recording? Like when you're on, live on the scenes? You mean when we're successful or when we fail? <laughs> <laughs> Either or. Because because sometimes, sometimes it works really well and sometimes everything just falls apart. Um, I've used Skype uh, for some remote recording and that has usually failed uh just because skype does something where like when one person's talking the other person gets like cut out so the audio it gets does. all like yeah. you know up and down in weird ways that's one of the reasons we um, moved to this platform because skype is a piece of shit yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you use zoom oh yeah zoom's a great okay. thing yeah so usually then i so then i switch to google hangouts Ooh. which yeah. It works. It, it works pretty well. Um, I mean, the nice one of the things about it is um, most people already have it, you know. So, like with Zoom, people are going to have to like download new software and do new stuff. Yeah, and people don't like new things. You know, no, people find. hate new things, <laughs> and do. especially when you're interviewing the sort of people that I like to get on my podcast. Most of them aren't like super tech savvy, so they get mm-hmm. really annoyed when they have to do new things. Um, and then here's something here's a, here's something that I have not found a good way to solve. And that's when we have a number of people in a room and we're teleconferencing with somebody. So there's one person remote and a bunch of us in the room and we don't have enough like oh, ways for everybody yeah. to, to put headphones on. So our speaker picks up the uh, or the the microphone picks up the audio in the room, but it also picks up the audio coming out of the computer. Right. And because of the weirdness of voice chat, everything ends up out of sync. And that's like, you know, with the Chuck Dunning episode, you heard there was a lot of weird echo and stuff. Yeah, there was. That's a good show, though. You you, you, you put on some good shows, I must say. I like them. Uh, you know, we, we try. We try. You know, quality is um, quality is not our middle name, but uh, we're thinking of getting it legally changed. <laughs> oh, man. Nailing it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I haven't I haven't found a good solution for that particular setup. Um, I think that the only real good solution there is probably to make everybody have headphones. Yeah, but yeah, the, that would work. So for, the, for the Chuck Dunning episode, we what what did you just videos. hold on? We're gonna time out. What'd you just do to your audio? You got super quiet. Did you push a oh, button? Bet... <clears throat> no, but I must have made a loud. <gasps> oh, there it, it is. There, yeah. What yes. what was that? What happened there? <laughs> well, uh, Zoom is probably auto-adjusting my input. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm not going to edit any of this out of the podcast, but there's a quick fix for this. If you go to, uh, let's see, you see where the stop video button is, that little arrow? If you click video settings. Yeah. And then go to audio. Uh-huh. It should say automatically adjust microphone right there. Uncheck that. Ooh, unchecked sweet boom all right, all right. Cool. 
Troubleshooting Zoom on the fly. All the time. Dude, I love it. It's okay. I level everything out. That's that's the extent of my editing also. So if you say anything that uh, you don't want said, just don't say it because I don't edit. <laughs> I feel like I can live with those constraints. Yes. Very nice. Uh, and of course, James Cruz is, you know, the man of mystery who isn't here yet because he probably he's has to put in, one. He's here in spirit. I mean, he is. He is always here in spirits. I feel uh, like we did talk to him earlier today and you you specified the time and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, this is just classic James Cruz. <laughs> he runs, <laughs> he does. He runs in a different time. One? Does he have like a, a job and like a family with like kids and he has to like, that, get the kids to bed? That's what it is. It's like stories that sometimes they've got like poop issues. You know, yeah. parents have to deal with a ton of poop. There's, yeah, there's always poop issues. You don't have any children, do you, Eric? No kids? No, but I have a cat. I have a cat. So I have a little well, bit, too. just a minor yeah. amount of other people's poop to worry about. Yeah, and you can just shovel that up. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's deal. hard to shovel up kid poop because <laughs> it's it just gets everywhere. Just, I mean, you'd think, you'd think cat poop would be harder to clean up, right? Because... Cats have four legs. They're they're not. They don't have opposable thumbs. And they got all that fur everywhere. But nope, nope. They're just like a pooping in a box. Have fun. <laughs> Cat poop. <laughs> yes, I'm already loving where this show's going. This is everything I wanted. <laughs> oh man. So I'll just reach for my list of questions that I prepared so diligently here. Wait, you said there was no prep. There's nothing here. There's nothing on this notebook. It's just blank. It's a blank page. <laughs> you just stare at it until a question comes to you. You're like, I, I can it'll, see it'll, the letters. They are written me. in fire. So um, you post under, um, you have like a blog, like Arnamancy or something like that? Arnamancy, yeah. What's that all yeah. about? What's what's going on there? Well, so a while back, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a freelancer and, um, as a freelancer, I go through periods of eating lots of ramen. And during <laughs> one of those ramen periods, I was like, I got to find another way to make money. This is getting ridiculous. So I decided I was going to be a professional tarot card reader. Oh man. Like Cleo, Which, like, like Miss Cleo, like, like Cleo, but, um, but with a different accent. Okay. I have a different accent. Man, that's a shame. <laughs> um, <laughs> let Mr. Eric show you the way. <laughs> yes. Um, but it turns out that it's not it's not an easy uh, it's not an easy industry to break into. First of all, you know, I mean, most tarot card readers are are women who kind of like play up a particular aesthetic pretty well and they create mm -hmm. like sort of a name for themselves and they, and they you know they get a whole following and then there's this i don't know it just the the whole thing didn't work super well for me but what i did end up doing is i ended up doing a lot of tarot readings at uh like local restaurants and bars and events and stuff um, which was fun but honestly I don't think that there was a single month where I made enough money tarot reading to even pay my rent. Oh it man. Was like, it was, you know, it was beer money. It, was, it basically yeah. generated a lot of beer money and, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's great fun. You know, it's, it's very interesting and you meet a lot of fascinating people and have a lot of strange conversations with folks, which I really liked about it, but, uh, but it wasn't going to pay the bills. And so I realized, you know, I was sort of writing for the, writing for the the website the arnie Mancy blog um and if you go back and look at it 
and you know, if somebody's curious enough and they want to sort of analyze the subjects that I've written about over time, they'll see that I started off writing about tarot. You know, I'd have like a card of the week thing and I'd, you know, answer questions from my friends about tarot cards and I'd just sort of write about tarot and write about tarot. And then eventually I was like, man, I don't know how people could do it. How can anybody write about tarot this much? Like it just, it get, it, it got boring. Yeah. <clears throat> So then I just started writing about other stuff I was interested in. So there's a lot of uh, uh, articles about hermeticism and the art of memory and um, and other stuff like that. And then, so what's uh, I'm I'm a newbie with all this. What's hermeticism? Oh man, <laughs> well, let me let me direct you to this blog post. <laughs> uh, hermeticism is a, it's it's actually a pretty broad topic, and so when I read it, and so when I usually talk about it, I kind of narrow it into um, what you would sort of consider classical hermeticism, which is based on um, like the Corpus Hermeticum and all of these uh, philosophical texts that were written like in uh, right around like probably from like the second century BC to like the third or fourth century AD. Uh, and it's all super mystical, weird stuff. Um, Ooh. <laughs> but that particular vein uh, ended up becoming kind of the core of Western occultism. Mm-hmm. So even when you get into like the Picatrix or grimoire stuff or later on with like Kabbalah and all that it's sort of mixed together with uh, with neoplatonism and other forms of mysticism and became this kind of like it it it, it sort of covers almost everything in terms of like alchemy and magic and you know like the golden dawn for instance called themselves the hermetic order of the golden dawn okay um and then it even gets uh, co-opted so later on like most people if you ask about hermeticism they've read the kabbalion or the kabbalion however you say it which is this book that's actually like new thought philosophy that was written uh in the early uh 20th century that claimed to be written by three initiates uh and based on ancient egyptian mysteries but was really just brand new oh man yeah. that's kind of like the uh uh uh, Necronomicon, like it's it's supposed oh, to be like like yeah. an ancient text, so, but it was it like Lynn Lovecraft yeah. write it or something or, or something like that. But the thing the thing I love about it, like the Cabalian has really hardcore followers. Like there are people who love the Cabalian, and they consider themselves you know hermetic philosophers or hermeticists or whatever because of their love of the Cabalian. And so when you tell them, you're like, oh, actually, that's kind of just new stuff. That's not really hermeticism. They really don't like that they get kind of upset and they get really defensive and <laughs> that sort of stuff. So, so usually when I write about it, I'm writing about sort of the older stuff, which I, which I really right. enjoy. And, cool. and there's a lot of scholarship and a lot of really cool stuff that's been written about it. Welcome to the show, James Cruz. Hey, what's up? <laughs> you made hey, James it. Cruz. What's happening, Rev? <laughs> oh, you know, not a whole lot. Just <laughs> hanging out, podcasting. Yeah. Podcasting. We we fired it up, fired it oh. up. It's it's going. We're live. It's all happening. It's all happening. Sweet. So, uh, what were we talking about when I derailed you with the hermeticism, the writings on uh, Artemancy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty much uh, where that has gone. And right. I'm not writing there as much as I used to, but mm-hmm. um, I still try to put out an article every couple of months or so. Right. And some, and it gets, uh, the, the funny thing is like, I, you know, I've been working on it, I guess, probably since probably for like almost three years. 
maybe four years, I think three years. And it gets a pretty steady amount of website traffic. That's good. Which is cool. Nice. And then I have like this Twitter bot hooked up to it that automatically reposts my articles all the time. Oh, okay. I was wondering, I'm like, man, I'm like, you're very thorough on Twitter. Like you put these tweets out all the time, <laughs> just, just oh, throwing dude. them down. <laughs> it, it, it's all, uh, it's all automated. That's right? awesome. So, <laughs> so I use, uh, I use buffer, right? So I'll, I'll go into Twitter once or twice a week and I'll look for a bunch of interesting stuff and I'll add it all to my buffer account. So it automatically sort of gets retweeted at regular intervals. And then sometimes I'll like interact with people actually, or (laughs) (laughs) I'm mostly a robot on the internet. (laughs) Oh, I like it because, yeah, because I feel like I could tell the difference between one of those bot tweets. And then when you genuinely post a tweet, because there's more like sarcasm and jokiness in it, (laughs) like, okay, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) I've been accused of being sarcastic before. (laughs) That's that's good. That's why we jive well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Dude, so I don't know if I'm just in this strange echo chamber I'm putting myself in, but do you think that there's some sort of renaissance happening with like the occult and the old magic and just all sorts of shit going on? Like, is it just coming more into the mainstream? The stars aligning? Yeah. I feel like there is something like that going on. Um, maybe there's just a lot more visibility and uh, interconnectedness. You know, I think the internet is really spurring that a lot, but you get like, I mean, there's a number of things we could totally talk about that. We, you know, like when you get to the really serious magic stuff, you've got people like Gordon White with his rune soup thing or mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Leach and his Doc Solomon website where people are making like a real business out of out of some of the really difficult, hard magic. It's not just like easy, fluffy stuff, but like accoutrements and summoning spirits and talking to demons and all that kind of crap. That's That's really hard to do. Uh, and that seems to be having a huge renaissance right now. The 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 grimoire, uh, the, there's we need we need like a sociologist to come along and give give labels to all these schools. Unless we want to do it right now, let's do it. Let's Maybe. do it. <laughs> okay, so I want to call those guys the really uptight grimoire purists. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so the. the uh, is this an would this be an elementary school or like or like a mid like a first level college course? I'd say that they're probably more like uh, first level college courses, right? Yeah. Like these are the people who have who have already gone through their um, their youthful uh, chaos magic phase or their top hats and rabbits. Top hats and rabbits. They went through that phase already. They already did the fifty two card pickup. Smell my <laughs> smell my flower. <laughs> Pull my finger. Yes. Oh look, I found the quarter behind your ear. How amazing! Great figure. Oh, yeah. Okay, Let's sorry. go summon some demons now. <laughs> like, all right, I'm all out. Of, I'm all out of laundry money. Time to summon some demons. Yes. Um, uh, so it is. It is pretty advanced. Course. Yeah. I like yeah. It. All right. <laughs> the cool thing is it's it's pretty advanced stuff, you know, you don't just jump into it. It's yeah. you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be the first thing you do. Um but it's growing and it's huge and like there's a ton of people doing it enough that you know, I am on a number of Facebook groups and the Facebook groups are even split up into little subschools of this where you've got groups that are focused on like the Greek magical papyri and groups that are focused specifically on like the key of Solomon and then groups that are kind of a mix of it all. And they've all got these rules that are like, if you talk about anything that was written after the year 1800, you don't get to come into this group. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, you need it, right? Because those groups are big too. So uh. during the 18 and 1900s, you had uh, 
you had like the occult revival in the 1800s. It was started by like Eliphas Levy and uh, like Albert Pike and um, uh, uh, Pascal Beverly Randolph and all these people who are like, oh, we've got this new occult school thing coming out. It's like the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And this really sort of fed into um, and sort of off of like theosophy and new thought, like all that stuff that uh, like Mitch Horowitz writes about this stuff a ton. Right. He's, he's, you know, Occult America is a really good book about that. <clears throat> and that um, I think sort of directly led into what I like to call the psychological school of magic. Actually, I might like to call it that, but I totally stole that from somebody else. Everybody <laughs> calls it the psychological school. <laughs> uh, and these guys are still growing strong. You know, I mean, there's, there's, uh, I don't know, maybe like half a dozen different uh, Golden Dawn orders in the United States that do initiations and have lodge magic and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and they've got their own Facebook groups and discussion thingies and podcasts and all that kind of thing going on. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think that basically, I think there is a renaissance going on and I think it's it's taking place with a great deal of, of breadth and depth. Like there's all sorts of things. Right. And then of course, you know, there's, there's YouTube and, and oh, like, yeah. the, uh, I was going to say, YouTube. we think like, well, the yeah, connectedness <laughs> of the net and like people coming together like that, learning about th this stuff, you know, as a combined conscious type thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. Cause so, I never, yeah. Like my, my, where I was growing up in my hometown, I mean, there might've been a couple kids, but, I mean, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know it's I mean, nuts now. Well, I yeah. mean, I, you know, I mean, speaking of YouTube, there's the uh, the whole witchlet phenomenon that we could get into. Yeah, where now, it's just now, these now, uh, that term the, witchlet. I I stole that from Nish, and no, I, I hope that she doesn't get offended that I'm know. using it to refer to young young witches on YouTube. But but I mean, there's a ton of them. You know, we, you know, uh, uh, Grim and I have looked at i don't know probably like a dozen different <laughs> i need to play YouTube that sound, that audio clip that i have can no. you insert it somehow <laughs> i could play it right now i just gotta okay. find it um basically yeah it is gonna be horrifying but pretty much uh what i did on this is i recorded about a dozen of these witchlet girls talking simultaneously and and it, <laughs> it came out as many uh, videos as you could yeah exactly on my computer and it was just recording and let's see if i could find this file now and there we go so here we go hey tubies you know i tubies. have gotten um Hey y'all, what's up? It's Diane. I Can you add background music to this? Yeah. It's all natural. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, that goes on. that goes on for another minute, minute and a half. And wow. I think if you listen to the whole thing, you discover what <laughs> the meaning of life piece. is. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, dude, they all have but like the, half, they have half a million YouTube subscribers, like insane amounts. I know, it's super crazy. And, and they, none and of they, them will come on my podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, they have like <laughs> tens and twenties of thousands of views on each of their videos. <laughs> and they're, and I mean, and it's funny because, you know, some of them uh, actually have some really good, well thought out content where they give you like these detailed descriptions of like how to scry in a crystal ball or how to, you know, you know, cast your circle or do all these things that are like, you know, real content. And then they'll have like top five t- signs. You might be a witch. And they'll just talk about that for <laughs> it. It's sort of like, ah, how do you, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, like we were listening, I was listening to, um, was it Scarlet Ravenswood? Scarlet yes. Ravenswood. And she had one that looked kind of, kind of fluffy, like, you know, my top five favorite witchy things or something. And, <laughs> And right in the middle of it, she launches into this little talk about Hypatia, who's a who's a late um, a late classical um, philosopher, Neoplatonic philosopher in Alexandria, who was stoned to death. Uh, and she like starts launching into the, and she had had like this really great understanding of of all this Neoplatonic stuff. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I feel like there's such a dichotomy here. Like, she just isn't she isn't letting most of her knowledge out or, or like displaying her knowledge. Most of the time, she's just being a pretty face and talking about witchcraft. Um, but, uh, but that movement is ginormous and you can see them. You can look them up on Instagram also, because this new generation of young witches, they uh, have somehow combined witchcraft with scrapbooking <laughs> <laughs> and they turn, and they so they make these like beautiful magical journals that they keep all of their notes in, and that they mm. fill with these like, like carefully handwritten notes, and they call those their grimoires, and they're just filled with like little scraps. <laughs> just a there, scrap they're all pretty. It's just sort of like, and it's a, it's total like Instagram witch candy. Oh, oh that's, and that's a good term. Write I that like down. that Instagram witch candy. Oh man, hashtag. <laughs> yes, we're gonna get that trending. <laughs> Oh man, how's your uh, so Mercury's in Gatorade right now? How are you feeling? In Gatorade? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> I'm feeling uh, very filled with electrolytes. That's awesome. Totally, all of my electrolytes are doing well. Oh man, I think that's why uh, the Grimerica Studios got crashed into. It's because of that retrograde Mercury. Blaming it on that. Yeah, the Grimerica Studios got crashed into. Yeah, dude, there was a. Uh, there was a high-speed car car chase in uh, in Darren's subdivision, and the the car <laughs> the car smashed into their garage where their studio is, and like missed oh, the no. studio by like a foot. But it ended up like totaling both of their cars and everything. It was crazy. Oh, so, yeah. well, Grimerica, my- if you're out there listening to this, my condolences on your studio. Yeah. I hope that it gets up and running fast. Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of crazy <laughs> stuff. So that's Mercury Gatorade for you, though. I'll mess you yeah, up. Yeah, Mercury Gatorade. <laughs> sweating it out. Just sweating it out. <laughs> uh, so, Eric, you're a um, one of the secret leaders of the world, being a Freemason. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, uh, they don't pay a whole lot of attention to me. You know, they think that my ideas are usually a little crazy. But I consider myself to be a um, an anarcho socio dandyist which means that let me see if I, can... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only sound that that deserves <laughs> yes 
<laughs> I believe that we shouldn't really have a government, uh, except that we should all be taking really good care of each other. Um, and then also we should dress really well while doing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fashionably uh, charitable. I like it. Fashionably anarchist. Burnet flag in a three-piece suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus. That's Which a, means I like that, that all of our universal basic incomes are gonna have be all, are gonna have to like pay for suits. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so with an ideal like that, you obviously live in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> How could you tell? Yeah. Was it my incredible time zone? <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Oh, spot on. oh man that's great how do you like it there have you always lived in the pacific north west yeah aside from a aside from a, a short spell in the jungle i have lived in the pacific northwest <laughs> i hope that's <laughs> I consider like pacific downtown, you, you consider like huh? downtown to be the jungle no it was an actual jungle it oh, was okay. a real jungle I, I lived in a real jungle wait Dang. wait we need to elaborate on this what what yeah. is what is this if you, jungle, don't mind, well, it, if you don't mind like talking about rainforest. it. No, but you live there? What were you there for? I mean, if this is stuff you don't feel cool it, it talking about. Mission, right? <laughs> <laughs> I lived uh, on the Caribbean coast in Costa Rica for about four months. And mostly what I was doing there was sweating. <laughs> Drinking a lot of Gatorade. <laughs> Drinking a lot of Gatorade. They didn't have Gatorade. I drank a lot of the worst beer in the world oh. and uh, and some pretty good rum listened to a lot of reggae music uh ran out of books ran out of stuff to do Damn. got a horrible sunburn sweated a lot you know stuff like that you just decided on a whim like i'm gonna go move down there try it out well it wasn't totally a whim there was like a woman involved and stuff ah, it was it was just a pretty messy situation yeah um that we don't need to go in the okay that's that's all you had to say <laughs> it'll probably end up that like your one viewer your one listener will be her yes <laughs> we do have a, a few female listeners yeah there's a couple <laughs> man that well, sounds we can just can we go back and use a, a fake name for me um sure <laughs> that's cool well, i'll edit it in post <laughs> No, I won't. Just bleep my call name out every time you say it. <laughs> we'll just call Derek. you Derek. Yes. Derek. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Covered. So Derek moved down the Costa Rica. So, um, Freemasonry. What made you want to be? A, what made you want to be a Freemason? What did you get into it? Well, uh, it was. <sighs> You know that's that's a that's a good question. This happened a while ago, right? I became a Freemason in uh, the year two thousand. Oh, the year two thousand. Do you guys even remember back that far? Oh, I, I do. James is an old fuck. He remembers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he probably thinks those is the pre diaper days. I graduated <laughs> college in two thousand. Oh, cool. How was yeah. it? <laughs> uh, yeah, two year tech school, man. In and out. Yeah. In you and get out. like a thing to hang on your wall. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got a uh, piece of paper and all that good stuff. But uh, was it was it good paper? Like, is it thick? You know, I mean, you feel it. You it know, you're like, this paper's got substance. Like, he's gonna he's gonna bust it out. Like, I see him looking around. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I have it somewhere. It's 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 not. I don't even think it's framed. It's just in like a. Uh, 
I, I can't even explain. It's just it's in a like a almost remember like, like one of those little book things? keepers that foamy shit, you know? Like, like, okay, oh, yeah. like a foam. Yeah, it's in like foam, one okay. of those. <laughs> you nice. open it up and stupid piece of paper in it. I feel uh, like you're so, missing out on a yeah, associates and applied technologies, uh, graphic design. <laughs> That's cool. Sweet. That sounds great. I feel like yeah. you should have it framed and hanging behind you so that when you're podcasting and interviewing people, they'd be like, oh, he's got a thing hanging on his wall. We yeah. should listen to him. Yeah. That's a good I, idea. Uh, I think I'm going to just make yeah, one I, for myself my and degrees. do that. I have a couple. I have, I have one from a, a, a um, vocational school that I graduated from. And then after uh-huh. that, I went to that school and I did that. So I have two degrees. Man, James you got certified. A, you got a lot of white space on the wall behind you. You could yeah. totally hang up some things. Bat- There's that Batman. sweet Batman. Yeah, and yeah. Batman. <laughs> Batman's cool. The Dark Knight. So, so I used to read a lot of comic books, right? When I was a mm. young nerd. And, That's what um, I was going to say. Actually, like, let's go way back to when you were a kid. Like, what were you into, man? Yeah. Oh man, what led you I, down this this era? Yeah. To I sometimes wonder yeah. if I wasn't led down this path of of uh, Satanism and human sacrifice <laughs> and black magic by Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh that's oh, awesome did you play when you were a kid <laughs> i did in fact yeah. i got introduced to dungeons and, oh it gets even weirder right i got introduced to dungeons and dragons uh through the unitarian church what? oh wow <laughs> yeah i got introduced to it like uh, three months ago <laughs> see now i just feel dumb what's that go? what's the unitarian I'm, I'm loving church? it dude i wish i played when i was a kid yeah we play we play like twice yeah. a week eric you should hop in sometime with us that's we fun play, uh, you guys are you guys are always uh video chatting with each other and i i got stuff going on in the evening i know because you know? like, we don't that's you know it's what i do like a <laughs> grown-up life sort hey, man, of thing so yeah. I. I got grown up running run the world you know running the world to virgin sacrifices this. Oh yeah, it's hard I to have, find. Hard to find virgins. I have to put the SmackDown after. Well, I was saying it, it once nine hits. I'm like, I gotta go do something. I'm out. <laughs> I'm gonna go record. Go hang Wait, out. So James, what kind of character do you have? I am a uh, a halfling rogue named Darky Powderfoot. Darky Powderfoot. Yes. That <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound with racist a level at one all. assassin. Uh, <laughs> Not at <yeah>. all. <laughs> Darky Powderfoot. Uh, yeah, and I, I, do, I do some crazy stuff. I like to sneak around, steal wallets, piss in cool. shoe, stuff like that. So, who's the dungeon master? Uh, Adam, Adam Tarsus and Nomad. Oh. No, they they kind of swap is, back and forth. <clears throat> is that the the friends to Adam? Adam? No. no Adam is uh, playing, but Adam does play with us. Adam Loyal. Oh, so you've got like lots of Adams. Yeah, we have uh, multiple so. Adams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's I, call, I used to call them A one and A two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now they have. We just kind of, you know, Adam, Adam from FTK is a uh, character is Bismuth, and he's uh-huh. a um. What is he like? A dwarven? Uh, or, he's a dw- he's a dwarf fighter. A dwarven dwarf fighter. fighter. And then Tarsus, yeah, he's the DM, but sometimes he plays a character which is like, like some that's like a fairy or something. I can't remember. Yeah, what some kind is. of nymph. Nymph, yeah, nymph. yeah, but then we have Grand Dunlop from Grimerica. He plays, uh-huh. um, he's a gnome cleric. Uh-huh. Uh, Jerry Cthulhu, he plays a uh, went too deep. I'm still thinking about Unitarian churches right now, yeah. Oh, oh, we could rewind a little bit back to you, yeah. <laughs> Jerry's a, Jerry's a half orc uh, barbarian. <laughs> we'll finish that yeah. thought. <laughs> I mean, I do play in a D&D game here. Grim, what's your character, dude? <clears throat> oh, I'm a human fighter. 
pretty pretty basic. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty badass. Yeah. Uh so the Unitarian churches, the Unitarian Universalists are um a pretty I don't I, I don't know enough about them to talk about them a whole lot, but what I do remember when I was a kid is uh there was like no Jesus. We just like hung out. I, I don't think I ever went to the services. I was always in like the back with the kids, you know, where we I don't know, ate cupcakes and drink Gatorade or something. So what cupcakes, it? Gatorade, and no Jesus? Sign me up. And no Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and Dungeons and Dragons. And Dungeons wow. and Dragons. That's not and church. I was probably in like third grade, I think, when this happened. So uh, one of the older kids brought in uh, like the D&D box set. You know, like, I don't know if you guys remember. This is in the 80s. So they were like, the, it was normal Dungeons and Dragons, not advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And it was a basically a box set that came with like an adventure and some characters and stuff. And um, and I was hooked right away. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's like you get imaginary friends mixed with gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. Um, some but, dice. Uh, and I remember like afterwards we had, um, we had math dice in school hmm. where, you know, you do like math problems based on dice. And I remember getting some of my friends together and I was like, you guys, I've, I discovered this incredible new game. It's Dungeons and Dragons. We could use our math dice to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and this was right in the middle of the satanic scare where everybody's like, oh, oh the satanic D&D panic. The Satanism. Yep. So when it was discovered that we were playing Dungeons and Dragons at school with our math dice, we didn't get to we didn't get to use our math dice anymore. They, they took them away. They basically took away our math dice. It was, it was sad. It was a sad That's day. crazy. That is a sad day. Yeah. And now schools have like D&D club. <laughs> silly i know now they encourage it now schools uh-huh. are all about satanism like uh-huh. what's up with that yeah. how did we miss out of the good years yeah <laughs> they also it's true they also shoot each other a lot though yeah that's yeah. uh that's what so, i've heard <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe okay to miss that yeah they didn't do that too much when uh we were kids yeah did they i don't think they did no they well did. columbine yeah. was in the height of my school going to and that but was Columbine pretty, yeah. was pretty that much was the only way, one. Yeah, yeah. Then then 9-11 happened and everybody had American flags on their trucks. So just things just things got weird for a while. <laughs> They're still gas weird. got expensive. Still, we're still in the in the weird uh upslope, I think. You gotta embrace the weird though. You just gotta embrace oh, yeah. it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you totally. That's it. why everybody's just buy a ton of guns and uh, get some trucker hats. So do you think we're in an alternate timeline? Like something happened with CERN and it put us in this wacky timeline? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. No, (laughs) I don't. And you know what? I actually have a friend who's worked at CERN. Well, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's possibly one of, he's, (laughs) He's an atheist. Uh, not a Satanist. Not a Satanist. I know. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to disappoint. I just read the podcast today. Should we start over? Let's start over. Okay. We'll <laughs> delete. Sorry, start. Delete. Um, but he uh, he was just in CERN. He was just at CERN um, visiting, I guess, last fall. And he came back and he brought me CERN swag. I got like a CERN hoodie. I got like some CERN pamphlets and like some CERN notepads and like a CERN clicky pen and stuff. Statue yeah. of Shiva dashboard uh, bobblehead. Yeah, what's up mm-hmm. with that yeah. statue he, of Shiva? He brought back a he brought back a CERN hoodie from each of the timelines too, so you can see <laughs> oh, okay. in the other timeline the CERN hoodies <laughs> zip on the other side. It's pretty weird. Oh man, that's <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> 
So it's just a woman's jacket then? Yes. Oh, maybe that's it. <laughs> no, alternate timeline, definitely. I'm going with that. It's the only thing that makes sense. So, <clears throat> living in the Pacific Northwest, have you seen Bigfoot? I'm just throwing it out there. I have not, but I have seen a Bigfoot trap. Trap. <laughs> not, tra- not track, but trap. Trap. Like, uh, this is like outside the Bigfoot. Outside of Jacksonville, Oregon, down in Southern Oregon, there's a Bigfoot trap that's up in the hills that some people built to try to trap a Bigfoot. And now people just go up there to like get their picture taken next to it or like spray paint it. But yeah, wow. it's a Bigfoot trap. So the trap's been unsuccessful then? No, no, we've elected Bigfoot governor a couple of times. Oh, for he real? Really well. <laughs> yeah, he was recently caught in a uh, in a money laundering scandal, though. Uh, so now we have Kate Brown as governor, but um, part of the Panama Papers, probably Panama Papers. Yeah, Bigfoot's totally in there. He's got a he's got a code name, of course. I think so. <laughs> you ever done any kind of squatching? Like well, no, well, that and maybe looking into it and find out maybe different areas where where the most sightings have occurred or anything like that. Like, yeah, and I've I've <laughs> I I know a woman who is a Bigfoot hunter. Oh, sweet, nice. She like goes out and does Bigfoot hunting stuff. Have you had her um, on the show? Is her name Nish? Uh, <laughs> I don't think Nish. I've Nish I know she I spends never... a lot of time out in nature, so. I don't think yeah, she's a but squatcher, we've never talked though. about Bigfoot. I don't know if she does Bigfoot stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I know that there's a lot of sightings up here. But surprisingly, like when I've looked, the Bigfoot sightings seem to spread kind of all across the United States. Anywhere yeah. you get a tree, you get a Bigfoot. I think. <laughs> oh and, man! Uh, and it's funny. I um, excuse me. I'm just going to burp on your podcast a little bit. <laughs> That's oh. fine. I encourage it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do it into the mic next time. Do it into the mic. I feel like my mic might have a burp filter. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's possible. It's very high tech. Pop filter, burp filter. It's all the same. Um, yeah. So I, 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 uh, I haven't... I've been meaning to look into to cryptozoology stuff a little bit more, cryptid stuff a little bit more. And I've read a few books about it. And I love this concept of like... Uh, cryptids being like manifested thought forms of some sort or or how uh, like cryptids are sort of tied to the same phenomena as like UFO abduction experiences and stuff where it might be some sort of uh, shamanic or enlightenment moment or some sort of like mm. transcendental experience that people have when they're in places where they're in high stress or uncomfortable and because it's so difficult to describe that it gets filtered yeah. through like our cultural lens in some way. It's a big hairy um, guy. It's yeah. a big hairy guy. Yeah. Oh my God, it's <laughs> the governor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, that has a lot to do with to, that. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And I've read a couple of books. Um, one of them, which was really good, was a UFO phenomenon by John Michael Greer. And the other was this book that was called uh, I think it was called men chasing dogs or something. Hmm. I can't remember. I think I know exactly where this book is. If you'll allow me a moment <clears throat> to turn around and stare at a bookshelf. Yeah, I'll go, go for ahead. it. I think I got a jingle <laughs> for that. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I can see it. I'll be right back. Okay. Play some, play some sound. We'll be right back after this break. After this break. Thanks for tuning in to 
That was the perfectly timed jingle. That was perfect. It's called. Oh, sorry. No, three men seeking monsters. Three men seeking um, monsters. Nick Redfern. Wait, how do I know that name? Is he famous? Who's that guy? Oh, yeah, Nick Nick Redfern. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you could probably reach for any book on your shelf and it would say Nick Redfern on it. Co-author. There's a lot of them over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, put out no, I think so this is my books. only Nick Redfern book. But uh but he's English, I believe. Yes, he is. And he talks about um He just actually released a book about Slenderman. Oh, so he's really into well, I guess he is really into cryptids, but in this he and his buddies go looking for uh go uh investigating the black dog cryptid. Right. Which is seen all over the British Isles, right? Mm-hmm. Black dog is like the unevolved form of Bigfoot that hasn't learned to stand up and use its thumbs yet or something. Right. Okay. <clears throat> but mm. but I feel like he talked in there about about uh the um sort of thought projection phenomena idea. Like a, a tulpa? Bit. Uh maybe like a tulpa, yeah. Um dude, have you guys ever looked at the tulpa subreddit? No. no. <laughs> I'd be afraid to. <laughs> Uh, you should be afraid. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Reddit's one of those just, things that I just I, I go on sometimes, and then it's just too overwhelming. There's just too much information. I don't even bother. <laughs> no, it's too much. It's just it's it's one of those things where it's it always seems to me it it reminds me of like oh god I don't know. There's a lot of really sad stuff on the internet. A lot of really sad stuff on the internet. We we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about happy things. What's the best thing on the internet? Um, cruise with steak and my alchemical oh, yeah. bromance. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's the third best thing in the internet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably, probably uh, cat memes. You had one job. Those 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 memes they post all the time. You yeah, they post those? they post good memes. Oh yeah, yeah. You had one job. That's pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have they have like they have like all the beer in the aisle. It says shampoo stuff like that. You know like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you had random. one job. You had one job. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I don't know anything that makes you let smile to an extent without like, you know, full full blown, you know, talking shit, shaming on somebody. But as long as there's no hate behind it, no hate. Yeah. not too much. I like to the uh, I, I like, like the, the one in the strip mall where there's the uh, the strip mall sign has fallen over on top of the car <laughs> and it says underneath that guy thought he had a really good parking spot <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, sometimes i used to watch it too much more but i mean if you go in anywhere and you type in like people are awesome or something like that you'll get like 20 minute mm-hmm. videos of just the, the the coolest shit ever like whether it's something crazy sport or trick or something or whatever you know just it's it's all positive stuff, you know. It's pretty cool. I do like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it just. I try. I try not to look at the sad stuff on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, do you think? Um, okay, so if so, we took the first course of your magic school, and then you you said there's kind of different different these different groups that are putting these schools out. So like, yeah, if you move on from that first course, and then you're like, all right, man, I know the basics, and now you're like. Do you move into like sigil type stuff like that? Do you move into like projecting magic compared to? I like think uh, I think sigils are kind of the first thing that moves. Yeah. So that's in that that. Yeah. Okay. So like I think everybody who gets into magic these days has probably seen that Grant Morrison video where he's like, "I'm I'm coming up on drugs and I'm going to teach you how to do chaos magic," and he leads you through how to do sigils. Well, 
mm-hmm. if you guys haven't seen this video no i know yeah it's it, uh, you right words hold on you're not the first to recommend it on the podcast (laughs) it's been brought up a lot maybe we should just link to it in the show notes yeah who does show notes i do show notes i spend you know i edit my episodes right but not too carefully i just listen to them and then i make show notes as i listen to it and then i add links and stuff that's how that's done well constructed with like fully formed sentences and complete thoughts and stuff sometimes links to breweries and beer reviews and yeah I love your brewery shows. Thanks. Love them. <laughs> do you use like a little Zoom recorder when you do those, or I or... use a uh, Tascam, a Tascam DR40. Oh, okay. Right. And I love that thing. It was something that I bought, um, kind of in an emergency situation where we needed to record live, and uh, nobody had any recording stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh god, I just got to get this so it'll show up in time. So I ordered it like next day shipping off of Amazon without doing a whole lot of research. And so I got one that's a little too fully featured for podcasting where it's got uh, like XLR inputs and it's pretty fancy. So it's 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 kind of the a model slightly too fancy for podcasting, but it works really well. It's yeah, it sounds good, recorder. man. You, I mean, you have yeah. like you're in a loud like brew pub and there's a bunch of people and it picks everybody up really good. Like I was really impressed. Oh, by yeah. It. Yeah. And we've been getting a little bit more sophisticated. So we have like lanolier mics that plug into it. So. Oh, like those, those little clips? Mm-hmm, the little clip-on things. Oh, the lapels? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. It works pretty well. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the, the big challenge that we run into is our setup is never the same. Every mm. single one of our shows where we all record in person, the setup is never the same, so it's always <laughs> just a total crapshoot. Sometimes we have two digital recorders, and I'll be like, you guys, I'm going to have to edit this. How, how am I going to sync this crap up? And somebody will just clap three times. There you go. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> oh man! <All> <laughs> Dude, was that? Uh, I watched this one video you linked. Was that like your brother's show or something? He had where it was a YouTube oh, yeah. video. <laughs> like the, I laugh my ass off at that. <laughs> the, like, the Nick Arneson Variety Hour. <laughs> yes, and it was only a half hour. That's what's great. That's what got Never me. An hour first. and no variety. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Just three dudes yeah. sitting in right in front of a camera and chairs like there's there's no desk. It's just it's it's good. Maybe I'll, I'll I yeah. I'll put, when I'll, I watched that that video, I I just spent the entire video just staring at my own crotch. It's yes, really uncomfortable. It is. It's such an awkward angle for all you guys. We need a desk. Uh, I'll leave a I'll leave a link to that in the show notes too. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Watch half an hour, Eric's crotch. <laughs> oh man right there you just got me more viewers <laughs> listeners <laughs> whatever we do here oh shit yeah that uh so the last time we recorded that it was great so so the original premise of that of the nick arnes and variety hour was that we were going to pretend that we were super rich and famous <laughs> and we we're just going to talk about all of the trials and tribulations of being really rich and famous and that worked for a little while and then the third episode when we brought in his his buddy we were going to interview his friend like his friend was an Olympic athlete. <laughs> his friend hadn't watched the Olympics, knew nothing about her or anything. And so we started and we start recording and it's just a total, I think, guess what you, I think what you guys would call a shit show. Yes. <laughs> we know all about and we're that. just, we just can't agree on what's going on or that everything's just a mess. And we're just laughing at ourselves and <laughs> drinking more and more whiskey. And we get to the end and I, I get up to check the camera and, and Nick goes over to his computer. He's like, oh, crap, I forgot to hit record. I'm like, Perfect. <laughs> we just talked for 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it's yeah, a good time. We've done it. 
done that one yet. No, dude, we haven't yeah. screwed that up. Knock on wood. We've always hit yeah. record. It's just we just record at this point. everything. Yeah. Grim's got a couple of fucking terabytes full of shit. No, we can't this see. The reason he's idea. tucked way back into the corner is the rest of the room is just hard drives. It's hard just drives. Hard hard drive. <laughs> oh, Grim is yeah. big brother. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I wish. <laughs> Everything would make more sense. <laughs> or less. Or less. less it's possible. What would be the second uh, course of the of the magic school, you think, then? Of After the you groups? graduate? You, you take us I through Hogwarts. That, I think that it probably depends. Now, I I think it probably depends on what kind of group you end up hanging out with. So, yeah. you might end up in the OTO. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> now, that's not necessarily bad, right? Like Thelemites are cool. Uh, and yeah, do you get like you got to jump, you get jumped in or something, sorority type deal? Yeah, in. sort of. Yeah, the, the OTO is like um, is like. Uh, the Hogwarts of Freemasonry sort oh. of thing, right? Like it's, it originally was based on Freemasonry and it's, it's totally changed all of its ritual and stuff now, but it's got like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fraternity, it's a fraternal group. So a lot of the people there aren't necessarily uh, practicing occultists or anything like that, but they're all into weird stuff and they all like talking about weird stuff. And that's a great enabler for that sort of thing. Um, and I think that there are definitely OTO lodges out there that are really great groups of people. Um, and there are some great there's some great stuff that comes out of the OTO, like Lon Milo Duquette. If you've ever read any of his stuff, that's great. I've heard, heard of his him. name. Oh yes. man, <laughs> you should get him on your show. He's hilarious. And he'd probably sing you guys a song. Oh man, that would be great. Yeah. Maybe he'd even sing you a song about Satan. That's even better. Better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he uh so so the OTO uh also feeds this secret school of of occultism God. called the aa okay What's and that stand um for? and i don't know a whole lot about that a lot of the there's there's been books published about that and stuff but uh my impression is that it's probably heavily based on like golden dawn stuff mm. so you also might fall into a golden dawn lodge if you're lucky or you might get initiated into a wicca coven um, or you'll probably end up doing something that involves like group work, group magic work of some sort. You're going to start hanging out with other weirdos. That's that's step two. Right. <laughs> Just got to find your weirdos. You guys are already at step two, right? Your, your I think Discord we're, channel yeah. is step two. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Discord channel is step two, probably. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, uh, your step two is basically all like cryptocurrency and anime memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you summed up the Cruiserweight Steak Discord channel right there. Mm. <laughs> there it is. And the occasional NSFW images flying around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this couple of days have been brutal, dude. Yeah, dude. There's rarely a day that goes oh, by when God. there isn't some explicit image posted in the Discord channel. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we love it. Free speech. I'm a strong yeah, if you believer. Get on this, in it. People, uh, hit us up, man. We'll hook you up with the link to Discord. It's on. It's yeah, pinned on my Twitter too. You see yeah. good shit. You just tweet it, and nobody joins. <laughs> yes, well, all that your was, listeners have joined. What was that? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. What was that? Uh, the other day, you you posted something in the Discord, Eric. You were like something about trains, and you're like, "Oh man, that'd make a great tweet." I'll be right back. And then I just <laughs> I just cropped that out of there and tweeted it at you. <laughs> 
Uh, it's like yep. watching the all birth my, of all the, my secrets are revealed. The yeah. birth of the tweet. <laughs> birth of the tweet. It happens uh, uh, when I'm so you know I'm a, I'm a freelancer, but I I spend a lot of time uh, working in an office with another buddy who I I work with on mm-hmm. stuff, and we have a great rapport. And he'll say say weird stuff all the time. Where I'm like, you should tweet that. He's like, I'm not gonna. Then I'm like, well, I'll tweet it for you. I'll just quote you. <laughs> but yeah, I have another Twitter account that you guys haven't seen. <laughs> what do you have three i'm calling you on two, two i have two. Oh yeah you've seen my I other did. one pymander yes the and there one. i mostly just tweet about um computer stuff mm-hmm. nerd stuff you know? yeah it seems more like a uh a more realistic account so i don't troll it as much <laughs> or yeah yeah because i don't want you know i need to have like that public face yeah, exactly. Be exactly like oh eric arneson he looks like he tweets super reasonable things i should hire him you know that, that, <laughs> yes that. and then i'm just throwing like anime porno memes at you or something yeah <laughs> like, this is gonna go over well <laughs> <laughs> oh good stuff you gotta love the internet that's why i only like like Cat pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, man, it's good oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You're gonna get. Yeah, you're gonna get trapped in one of these days with some of this shit, man. <laughs> so besides, uh, Eric, oh. besides uh, your your Freemason rituals that you do, have you done any like like serious ritual magic before? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've been doing serious ritual magic for a long man. time. Somebody sent me something weird on Discord just now. Who's just that Claude one. Oh, that's Talam. He's on Twitter. Tal- yeah, Talam. he's on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, that dude. Yeah, that yeah. dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He's actually one of the listeners that reached out and wanted to uh, yeah. join. Off yeah, he put, off well, yeah, he Discord. he came from the Twitter. We brought we brought him. Oh, yeah. Yep. He he's uh, he he posted a a meme that's uh, the Big Lebowski tree of life. Mm. Oh my god! I don't know, I don't know what that <laughs> it's is. It's getting serious. <laughs> The Big Lebowski's Tree of Life. Uh-huh. And he to says, the on the night after the first time I came across this image, I had the craziest freaking recurring Big Lebowski dreams with massive interpersonal symbolic overlays. Never made it to Yesod. Kept getting dragged down. Towards Ooh. the end, I was trying to ed- edge an end run around to either Hode or Netsock to no avail. The entire dream sequence happened over the course of one night, and I kept realizing that I was in Big Lebowski scenes and forgetting and then remembering the schematic and forgetting and later remembering again. <laughs> Man, and that's the kind of stuff that you get in the Christmas Snake Discord. <laughs> yeah. And dad jokes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, lots of, yeah, lots dad, of dad jokes. jokes. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I've done, a, I've done quite a bit of ceremonial magic. Um, I've been practicing it probably for like 20 years or so. Wow. So, so I've got, uh, so I've, I feel like I've, I've gone through level one, mm-hmm. uh, yes. which was, you know, they didn't really, chaos magic was around, but it, I didn't really have access to it or I hadn't really come across it when I was uh, young. But I did find the Principia Discordia, which is like the next best thing, or maybe even better. Mm. Um, I don't know what that and is. And then I was also, I went through like a, a, a Wicca phase and then I got into like Golden Dawn stuff. I joined the Freemasons. And then eventually you kind of, and then I think eventually what happens is after you work on this stuff for a while and you start working with it, you sort of start to notice sort of patterns and things. You're kind of like, oh, I can see why these things to go together in a certain way, why everything is, you know, why everything is part of a ritual and that sort of stuff. And then you just start making your own crap. So 
And this is something that I learned from John Michael Greer when he was my next door neighbor. Wow. Which is, uh, I was over at his house one day. I used to go over to his house and he would just sort of talk and talk and talk about occult stuff. And I would just take notes. And he was talking about Agrippa, you know, the three books of occult philosophy, which is like a classic, classic Renaissance grimoire that everybody, everybody should have on their shelf. Um, it's also ginormous. It makes a really, really good uh, paperweight. Bookstop, uh, uh, doorstop, anything you need. It's just huge. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. Um, and he was like, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, if something doesn't seem to be working, just just make something up. And I'm like, what? He's like, you've, you've read enough of this Agrippa shit to know that somebody made all this stuff at some point, made up all this stuff at some point originally, right? Like, we're just mm-hmm. copying what other people have made up. And I was true. like, oh yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. And you, you know, you you hear dissenting opinions on that. Like, there are some big name occultists now who are like, this is an ancient technology, and we've just lost parts of it, which is why it doesn't work right. Uh, and then other folks are just like, just slap a bunch of crap together and go for it. Yeah. And I'm kind of halfway between those schools. I love, I love the old stuff. Like, I I've been getting into the Greek magical papyri. Uh, I love old grimoire magic, but I. You know, none of it ever seems like it's <coughs> like it's complete, like it's all the way there. So I do a lot of taking bits and pieces and shoving them together and making ritual that that not only works, but doesn't require me to like, you know, hunt down a bear and drain its blood or yeah, or have like a phoenix the, bone or something. <laughs> it, reminds, yeah. it reminds me of like, I don't know why I've heard it before, but just you're talking about like over time and stories and story writing and stuff. And, and I, that's probably some form of, you know, occultism handed down and over and over. Like you said, people are taking mm-hmm. these parts and plug them in in different books. Therefore, like even, even now, like the guy, you know, a guy just wrote his, you know, his 20th book on the same subject or, 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 or a book was written about the same thing 20 different times, but pulled these random little parts of, you know, over the years, sticking them in there. There's got to be like this format, this occult format, even with like the movies and the cinema symbolism, shit like that, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, the stand of test of time, like all this stuff keeps getting pulled out and put back in. And it's like a big loop or something because like, yeah. there's just like a formula to it or something. Yeah, and I think you see that. I think uh, this is one thing that like Wicca and like Wiccan magic is more honest about, right? Like Wicca, you'll see they'll be like, you know, here's the format of the spell. You know, you you do a prayer, you cast a circle, you you know light candles in this particular way or for this particular reason. You put together the spell in this way, and you yeah. make sure you mention these things. And it's just sort of like a you get kind of an outline where you just go make it instead of having like this really strict set of you know specific incantations and stuff like that um so i think that that's a lot of times that's kind of like so, so that, that's kind of what i do like i've been working with the picatrix a little bit and making rituals out of the picatrix and again you sort of get this thing where scattered through the picatrix there are clues but there's never any one solid outline so okay. i just kind of made one i'm like i'm yeah, gonna make right. an outline i'm gonna work with it if it doesn't work i'll change it yeah. yeah, like there's like these base things and then you mm-hmm. can add and take out whatever you want, right? Like Yeah. And uh-huh. so you get so so I, I, I really like doing that. It's really interesting. Because the Picatrix is otherwise very difficult to work with. It's kind of a lot of it is almost I'm not an expert on the Picatrix, so 
some of this might be wrong. That's hey, but that's you, cool. You're talking I'm to the right dudes. Being wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> you so tell us anything. Is, uh, it's an it's an Arabic grimoire from I don't know. I think like the ninth century or something. So it's pretty old. <clears throat> and um, just now, just these days, we're getting uh, some good translations being made available in English. Like there's already two of them, and I think a third one is coming out soon. And um, and a lot of the Picatrix involves animal sacrifice and using animal parts in weird ways and rituals. Yeah. Uh, which led to me making jokes about it being just a bunch of meat magic, you know. But there's one, there's a love spell, for instance, <laughs> meat where one of the meat magic, it's meat magic. There's a love spell where one of the ingredients is wolf vulvas. What? <laughs> Give me two of those. Say it, say it out loud. <laughs> Wolf of vulvas. Jesus. Wolf vulvas. <laughs> so, so that's what the, the Volkswagen stands for, then, right? Yeah. The Wolf vulvas. The Wolf vulvas. Yeah. So, and I'm like, I'm not going to try to, like, wolves are hard enough to find as it is. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm totally not going to go collect wolf vulvas. <laughs> Can't really buy them at the store. No. Oh, you don't know a dude for that? You don't have a wolf vulva <laughs> guy? Wolves and a Bigfoot toenail. Yeah, I need I need all those things and some <laughs> eye of newt. Eye of newt. Uh, yeah. Some yeah. dust. So, yeah, so sometimes some of the some of the older stuff is kind of crazy that way. But then sometimes you kind of look at it and you're like, you know what? I could get that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know a I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, on the um, black magic market yeah oh, so uh one of the the I, I don't remember exactly what i was looking for but i was looking through the greek magic of a and i came across a spell or a ritual that i was like oh this is pretty easy like i could get most of this stuff this looks like i could put this together and one of the ingredients was a snake skin and i was like okay is that tough to get and i thought about it i was like no i know i know somebody so i have a snake skin i got a snake skin <laughs> so now i just have to figure out which ritual it was oh man now is does it require like a, a shedded like one that's already been shed the snake skin or that's like an I'm actual like you have to skin a live skin. snake skin. like yeah. actually skin I, got a the, snake. I got the shed part of the snake oh. not okay like, yeah so this might not be as potent. still alive i i was just hanging out with it yesterday the day before <laughs> did you know have you guys ever seen snake poop no no it's i can't say it I looks kind of like it looks kind of like, I don't know, mayonnaise. It's oh, like really? thick and white and weird looking. Yeah. Hmm. I used to have a, um, like a bearded dragon and it, yeah, it would just be liquid. <clears throat> yeah. It's like yeah. weird. And then it, yeah. Then it was just hard. Reptile look. poop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'd be, I remember, I remember, uh, I had this big, like 40 or whatever giant tank that it lived in. And, uh, it'd be in, at night, used to be in the room, and all of a sudden, like, you just hear, like, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you look over and it butts in the air, and the tail's all high, and you just hear, it's <laughs> 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 so gross, dude. I'm like, oh, uh, that's not a very thoughtful Meanwhile, snake, you uh, got, you should have, if you were in the chat, you could hear what, what happens, uh, when Grim looks into his cat's eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I did say that earlier. It's the only way I can reach it. Lots of fun stuff in the chat. Yeah. So you guys got to come check it out. Oh, you guys are really selling that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't, we never really do that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no, no, it's fun. Yeah, because it, it, I mean, that's that's where I met you. You know, that I mean, that, all that stuff. It's like it, it's a cool place to come hang out for sure. But so you're saying um, that cruising with steak wouldn't exist without Discord? Um, <sighs> maybe. Well, not Discord, yeah, but it, yeah, would, it wouldn't exactly exist. The, it wouldn't exist without uh, the Grimerica chat room. Yeah. Original. Oh, okay. Exactly. Cool. That's... Yeah. It well, it first started out as the Google, Hangout, Google Hangout chat, yeah. and mm-hmm. then Discord started up. We picked. We tried like we tried to. We tried Discord and we tried um. What's Slack. The other one? Yeah. Let's try Slack. Slack and yeah. Just, I don't yeah, really yeah. like. I mean, Slack's Slack's all right. We have a Slack channel too, but I don't think anybody's yeah. used it in four months. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, I got off we, of it. We you just guys, stopped yeah. It. yeah we just stayed happening. with the. We were always in the the grammarica one and then yeah. um, i mean we started the show and then eventually i think our buddy you know failed he he fired one up man and we've all you know and everyone's just kind of you know it's all morphed into a whole thing itself now so it's mm-hmm. super fun so eric but yeah, that's how we met uh, dude <laughs> what's uh the rarest book that you own or like what's what's the most you've paid for a pretty fucking rare book Okay, this this story has a Freemason in it. <laughs> uh, excellent. <laughs> um, once upon a time, I got a gold coin, like a one ounce gold coin. Oh, yeah. This is right. back when gold wasn't as valuable because I guess I don't know the dollar was strong or something. Uh-huh. Um, William DeVoe was hawking <laughs> gold instead of silver. Mm-hmm, totally. Have you ever seen him on doing those commercials? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No, I don't know what you're talking about. And. I bought a uh, a King James Bible that was printed in Oxford in 1680, and it's a folio, a pulpit folio Bible. It is huge. It probably weighs about 20 pounds, and it's ginormous. Another book weight, uh, door weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I keep it. Uh, I keep it nicely wrapped up in a in a safe yeah. spot because it's you know way older king than james bible <laughs> yeah that's crazy <laughs> it's a king james bible uh but it's an old one right it's from the 17th century yeah um, that's awesome and i spent the entire gold coin on that does it smell old Man. it smells pretty old but it yeah. doesn't smell so i've actually uh so it's it's a it's printed on probably like rag paper like linen paper or something Whoa. but um i was at a rare book room at a library and i got to handle books that were so old that they were printed on vellum which is you know skin what it's it's sheepskin because there was a time when we didn't have paper and books were all written on parchment which is skin and vellum which is that's leather the leather pages and that book smelled weird oh i could only imagine yeah i smelled a couple of them and they have a very distinct i can't say i enjoy it very much it's not a smell where i'm like oh this is great i want to hang out with these books all day yeah like those old libraries must have smelled like meat lockers yeah and and like bo real fleshy yeah pretty gross but uh but it was weird it was really weird to see it was not you know it felt different and Oh yeah, you wouldn't get any paper cuts or anything, and you wouldn't want to lick your fingers when you're turning pages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you could totally get rabies. Oh, could you? (laughs) I hope. Diseases reading. You get really get really hungry. You could just eat a page. You're like "Mm." (laughs) jerky. Jerky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this guy was old. Six hundred year old jerky. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you into uh you like Tolkien or anything? What kind of fa- you you read any fantasy novels? Uh, I read some fantasy novels recently. They were Brian Sanders' books, uh, the Mistborn stuff. Have you read those? No. Mistborn. They were pretty Mistborn. good. I liked those. But yeah, I've read Tolkien. I've got a bunch of Tolkien, and I. <clears throat> A lot of times when I turn to fiction, it's kind of uh, it's kind of like a break for me. So I read a lot of mm-hmm. I read when I read fiction, sometimes it gets pretty trashy. Right. You know, like really dumb detective <laughs> stories, um, kind of like uh, Conan the Barbarian books or oh, nice uh, or, you know, old school sword and sorcery type stuff or or really bad or really easy science fiction, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, my fiction habits are are kind of on the easy side because the rest of my time I spend time. I, I, I read a lot of really hard books. Yeah. And you know, they, they make your brain tired after a while. You're like, this is oh, this, definitely this, this Dude, my brain gets tired. Person. Just reading Twitter. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do property management and, and we have a, one of the buildings we have has storefronts in the bottom of it. And we have mm-hmm. a, a new tenant that moved in. That's had like a probably over 10 year, running business he's he owns a bookstore mm-hmm. like but it's like it's not like a barnes and Noble. no this is like a kick-ass like local like well-known bookstore or whatever and so he's probably got like just so much cool stuff like you're like you, yeah your walls are filled with like his his walls are filled with some amazing material and and uh that those kind of people yeah like people like you like him like would be mm-hmm. really interesting to talk to man like oh to, to mm-hmm. hear all the amazing like genres and stuff that people are into, you know? Oh yeah. Plus I think bookstore people end up having a lot of really interesting interactions with folks, especially if it's like yeah. new books mm-hmm. because they end up talking yeah, to people who are like, book. yeah, yeah. I've, my, my great grandfather passed away and left me 10,000 James Bond books. And you're like, yeah. I don't need that many, but let's see if there's <laughs> anything cool. <laughs> let's do it. Um, yeah. Have you gone into a shop yet? Yeah. I've been in there. I've helped, like it's he's still setting it up like he just moved from one location over to ours so it's like still in the process of like getting it all set up but it's it's pretty sweet man like mm-hmm. but um i mean yeah he's got every section but it's all custom dude you know like and yeah, yeah. i think he'll buy like yeah he'll buy it like a box of the book you know like you, mm-hmm. you know i guess like what you would you would get like the overflows and stuff from like certain outlet bookstores and stuff like that he'll you buy them like like crates of them so then you pick and choose like what you want out of that because you have no clue what the fuck's in them oh and, yeah yeah it really makes you realize uh, you know because i've got I, I have a friend who owns a used bookstore in in portland and you, yeah. you 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 start to realize how much how many unused unwanted books there are like oh n- dude yeah. tons it, it i it's it, i mean it's kind of exciting that we've got so many but it it's also shocking when you learn that there's so much book waste. Yeah. Like wasted books. And it's weird too, because like there's a, a business next to it and he's already talking like, yeah, I want to, when, if that, it's like an older lady and if, if whatever, if she ever events up moving out or passes away or something, he's like, I'm already, he's already like planned for the future. Cause like a bookstore is like the more space you have, the more books you can put in it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like, it, it's not like a, 
you have like one little section with million dollar well, books in it. You know, dude, that's like, awesome, the more though, content man. you have. Yeah. Like, cause there's oh, like yeah. no bookstores by me anymore. Like since yeah. Amazon, like everything closed, like there's not even like a Barnes and Noble close to me. It sucks. There's like yeah, this one is way better store. even than like half price books and all that. This is yeah, like man. really kick ass select shit. That's good. Like that. Mm-hmm. And so like he said, like I was saying, yeah, the, he was like, yeah, the more room I have, the more I can fill it up with stuff like that. Yeah. And it becomes more of a attraction for people to come for sure. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I, I would suspect that like the more of your stock you get out, the faster it moves too. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I could sell it's, more of it. I got more of it, you know, like, <laughs> but it's gotta be books. some good math in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He knows like, yeah. I mean, he's been doing it for a while, so he knows because uh, um, we're put, we're doing the math. And I'm like, dude, you gotta sell like so many books. He's like, yeah, that's why I need the val- volume, <laughs> more volume I have. The, yeah, know, that makes sense. Put in there, but dude, would, um, it almost makes you wonder if doing. if every story that could ever be told has already been told, just with so <laughs> many books. Like, if everything's already, <laughs> it's kind of what I was saying before. Like, there's like this formula to things, <laughs> and like, it just you just plug and play whatever your the subject is. You know, it's like. Everything. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't even read books. I suck. I don't read, dude. Oh, <laughs> don't be so hard on yourself, yeah. James Cruz. Oh, I am hard on myself. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got those things to hang on the wall. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah. I did that for. I did that job. That that industry for. I don't know. Sixteen years, and I and I get. I finally hung that up like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. I do like the property management stuff now. It's more is that fun. Yeah, I like it a lot. I interact with people, you know, tenants and stuff, and uh, it's a physical job. I do what we do all the work, you know, it's just me and my father in law, and we do all the work. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just active before. Yeah, that's kind of what happened, man. I got like burnt out, dude. Just oh, yeah, just doing sitting in front of the computer all day long. Like, I know that feeling. I was a uh, software developer for yeah, a really see, long time. Yeah. and Oh, man. I mean, I still sit in front of the computer all the time it's when I'm writing and stuff, though, but dude. it, it yeah. is different. And, uh-huh. and I still do software development, too. You know, like, mm-hmm. not very often, but I'll take small jobs to... Yeah. I never want to... I never want to be caught in, like, some sort of corporate software development team again, though. It's so... Right. The second I took that first job, uh, well, I would say like my first job was pretty cool just because of the experience. It was like, you know, I was saying it was right out of school. So it was like year 2000 and working Mm -hmm. for a a big media company like cleveland.com, which is like portland.com, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. they might've might still be the same. They were all, there was like one company that owned all these bigger cities is their, Mm -hmm. their websites and stuff. And like, um, which was a branch of their the local newspaper. So like ours is the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and Cleveland.com posts all the all the their content. <laughs> is it really called the Cleveland Plain Dealer? Yeah, that, that's the name of the newspaper here. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I guess hopefully truth and advertising, huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they don't call uh, they don't call it ClevelandFakeNews.com. FakeNews.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. So Cleveland. I worked there. That was the whole internet boom and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned a lot of stuff. Worked with some cool people there. And then nine eleven hit, and then about six months after that, corporate wide, all through the whole country, they they laid off this like the same amount of people. They kept like one coder, one designer, one person, you know, like for each each department. And so everyone kind of like kind of lost their gigs after all that. But then uh 
yeah, then I then I got into like some digital video editing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then and then the last of longest stint I did was um, uh, worked for a screen printing company designing shirt, you know, graphics mm-hmm. for all the shirts and cool stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, just could, yeah, it. like you say, you you take a job for something, and then that, I mean, I I don't know, that was the before that would have been the last thing I ever made for myself. You know, I mean, yeah, you never get a chance to sit down and do something you really wanted to do. <laughs> it's all for somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a job, dude. I don't know. You know, it sucks Oof. in the long jobs run. suck. I, yeah, I look forward to a future where there are no jobs. Someday. <laughs> you I want robots to do everything. I want everything to be done by robots. <clears throat> we just slip into a VR world. my free time playing Pokemon Go. There you go. <laughs> Pokemon Go uh, staring down at the phone. So you uh you often frequent these uh these breweries and drink a lot of beer. What's uh what what's your favorite what's your favorite beer, Eric? My favorite beer. Yes, what do you enjoy? Oh. Like just uh, just uh, let's say session drinking, you know, not like that just just casual, like I'm just like gonna. If I was just gonna sit down and drink a hundred beers, if I was maybe, just gonna. Drink <laughs> if, I mean, if you want, to, we don't gotta go that extreme. <laughs> so last Tuesday, well, yeah, fifty, fifty, fifty. Okay, we'll say fifty. <laughs> if you just want to pound back fifty beers, 50 beers. Okay, what's okay, your go-to? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, honestly, uh, one of my favorite breweries just uh, closed, but they had uh, it was a Commons brewery in Portland, Oregon. And they had this farmhouse ale, the Commons farmhouse ale, which was refreshing and delicious and golden and kind of funky, but not too funky. Um, and it wasn't super strong. And uh, yeah, I could probably drink like 53 of those. <laughs> 53, exact. <laughs> little ones, little tiny ones. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, have, you ever, have you ever done any brewing yourself? Yeah, a little bit. I've um, I've done some home brewing and some, yeah, just home brewing. And and I'm not awesome at it. I uh, <laughs> I've made mead, which I was more successful at. But making beer, um, my beer usually ends up being a little funky for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a long time since I've done it. But also, but uh, if you go back one of our recent episodes, um, one of the co-hosts and I we brew a beer on the episode. Oh. So the whole episode is us brewing beer and there's a lot of sitting around and waiting with beer, right? You have to like boil stuff oh, yeah. for a certain amount of time or let things cool off or let things soak or let things drain from one place to another. So we spend a lot of time kind of sitting around and talking about weird occult shit uh, while we brew beer. Hmm. That's and great format. And then we drank it in the Chuck Dunning episode that came out oh. last, the, the last episode that came out or right. two episodes ago, whatever it was. Um, so yeah, we uh, I, I I'm planning to do more. I'd like to brew more because it's mm-hmm. fun. It's interesting, right? Uh, well, and, it's an art. There's a science to it, you know. Yeah, it's both. It's an art and a science. It's an it's an alchemy. <laughs> it's an alchemy. <laughs> I'll just say it. <laughs> I think that's great. If I think maybe we could just use the term alchemy for anything that combines art and science. <laughs> it's an alchemy. <laughs> It's an alchemy. That's this is hashtag. my favorite alchemy. <laughs> like cooking, right? Cooking, it's an alchemy. Yeah, it's an alchemy, you know? Mm-hmm. Philosopher's Stone and stuff. Yeah. Although I'm a huge fan of Full Metal Alchemist. It's a great anime. 
a good one. Uh, it's been recommended to me a number of times, but I've never watched it. You should watch it. It's good stuff. Now it's been recommended to me again. Yeah, several more. I'll just <laughs> pile I, on. But there's a bunch of different ones, right? Like there is a Full Metal Alchemist that came out, and they um, made a new one. Watch, and then just watch. Even it's a live one. action one, isn't no, it? Yeah, Ooh. but just watch Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Brother, yes. Okay. That's All right. One. And I won't be missing anything. It'll start off like. Oh yeah, you'll be good to go. Dark alley. Start off in a dark alley. Exactly. Anything that starts. Yes. (laughs) Great. It's be exciting. It is. It's very exciting. Because I just watched. Oh my god! I just watched the. uh, If you guys have Netflix, this oh yeah, they just released this documentary called um, Wild Wild Country. Hmm. What's that about? About the Rajneeshis. Do you guys know about this? No. Nobody knows about this. Uh, I don't even want to spoil it by telling you guys. a story out of actual history. I just want to say, go watch it. You'll be fascinated. You'll be like, this is real. And sure enough, all of it's real. It's all real archival footage. They actually track down and interview the real people. Uh, it's like six episodes long. So it's like six or eight, six to eight hours of, of stuff. And it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Really? So what's yeah. it? Uh, you want to, can you just give like a vague summary? Cause sure. This dude, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, who is like an uh, an Indian holy man, started a cult, made a zillion dollars, was having trouble in India, like political trouble in India. So he moved out to the middle of Oregon and bought a ginormous ranch out there and basically started this cult compound. And it, it was a five-year shit show of insane craziness and there are lots of guns and wow and crazy people and really smart people and really intense people uh murder plots assassinations it's crazy and it all really happened and nobody's ever heard of it that's the craziest part (laughs) well people in oregon if they're old enough they've heard of it right because it happened when i was a little kid Mm -hmm. so i knew about it a little bit i didn't realize how crazy it was but the uh, the the Rajneeshi cult um, perpetrated the first bioterror attack in the continental United States. What? In the eighties. Wow. Yeah, they didn't manage to kill anybody, but they got a lot of people sick. Yeah. Seems like there's good money in cults. Oh man, the Rajneesh <laughs> guy, the leader of the cult, he had twenty Rolls Royces and two Learjets. <laughs> And he had a diamond watch that was worth like a million dollars. So yeah, there's a little bit of money in cults. Oh man, you guys That's are doing insane. this wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> Lots of followers. Start making crazy demands of them. Like yes. all of our followers need to shave one half of their head and wear yellow pants. Yes, I like it. And then you start off by just having like the the Grimstake yellow pants store where you just sell the yellow pants. And, you know, there's a markup, of course, because they have oh, to be huge all blessed and sanctified and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, you you buy these pairs of yellow pants from, like, Chinese children who are sewing them with their tiny little hands. Mm-hmm. And you buy them for, like, pennies on the dollar, like five bucks, maybe a pair. And then you sell them for 50. There and you're, you like, go. halfway to your first Rolls Royce right there. Man. Do you think that that's a, uh, a negative stereotype to say that all Chinese children have tiny little hands. Do you think there's a Chinese kid with really big hands out there that gets pissed off every time he hears that? You mean the one that got Trump's real hands? 
<laughs> oh man, we went there. <laughs> uh, how's that MAGA working for you? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. I don't remember the last time America was great, so I'm not, I don't have to compare it to. I'd say it's doing okay. It's super confusing and everybody's yelling at each other a lot. I feel like it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Isn't it just a lot of fun? Just love, <laughs> it I is, love sitting back and being an observer. It's also just it's so bizarre to watch. And and there is part of me that's kind of like, are we in more danger than normal? Or is it about the same amount of danger? It's just that our our stupid president can't keep his goddamn mouth shut. I, I think like is that all it is? I think it's this yeah, there's uh we're in equal amount of danger that we've been in the past. It's just, uh, there's a lot of things like there's a lot of moving parts <laughs> that just make things blown out of proportion. Like, I feel yeah. like if, if there was, uh, no social media, no media at all, uh, we'd be in a lot different position. <laughs> <laughs> the simple fact, like the simple fact that media though, right? Well, that, like we've always, had fake news has always been a problem i think it's dangerous that the president has a direct line to the people through twitter like that i mean you just do. some of the things that's awful like like you kind of sit back and like i mean i'll, I'll i laugh about it all the time because it's hilarious when i see him tweet because i just I, I love it mm -hmm. like it just the ridiculous shit but then if i Is actually doing like it? I haven't, I haven't oh, all the time all the time twitter <laughs> absolutely it makes headline news that's what's ridiculous like why oh. is twitter making headline news that's where that's where they're going but it's I, it's I, it's fun <laughs> it's a lot of fun and i find don't take any of it seriously cuz the second people start taking it seriously that's that's what's scary <laughs> like, i don't know i just I take a very apathetic, yeah. lighthearted approach to the entire situation because it is what it is. I feel, yeah. And, and, you know, for me, you know, I, um, you know, I'm in Portland, so most of my friends are Democrats or liberals or mm -hmm. way off on the left-hand side of things. And, um, and they're scared. There's a lot of fear. And I don't know. Uh, I honestly feel like every time we get a president of one political variety the other side just flips the fuck out exactly it is and well, that's, that's just what... kind of how it always seems like it is mm -hmm. so, half half of us are always flipping out about it well uh and i flipped out a little bit i i will admit that that you know on election night i was i was at the sea bar drinking a beer watching the watching the election and everything seemed to be going really fine i was texting with my mom who was all like yay hillary's gonna win i'm like i don't care that's cool <laughs> and then and then the text started to get a little bit more frantic and then she stopped <laughs> texting me because Trump had won and we were both sort of like, this is fucked up. What the fuck? Dude, it was a very surreal, surreal moment. It was almost like, it, uh, yeah, cause I was, I was watching, uh, like middle theory. Uh, Micah Hanks does a political program. Uh, he's host of girl and report an author. I don't know if you've heard of him, but, uh, he does a show called middle theory with, news and politics and they did a live election feed night and they were and that's exactly how it was like it was like a five hour show that they did and at the beginning they're all like yeah yeah you know it's it's hillary's gonna win business as usual and then it's kind of and then dude like like matt oakley would be popping in he's like um these states are coming in as trump this one's coming in as trump like you could hear the the anxiety and just the unsureness yeah. and it was man it was just it was a very and to be on the opposite spectrum, I, I watched Alex Jones. 
Oh my god. Dude, it was epic. It was insane. <laughs> you want to talk about a happy motherfucker, dude. Oh my god. So here's here's and the thing that crazy. I was crazy. He was I, losing his mind, dude. That's why I was I was low. I was like oh. I'm just afraid that what's going to happen because of this is that like this sort of insane uh idiot baby president thing is going to be the new norm. Like we've been moving towards it, right? You know. Totally. You guys remember Bush 2. Like Bush two, oh yeah, was a total joke. And before that, we had uh Dan Qu- or yeah Dan Quayle as as a as a VP under Bush yeah, one, under who was a complete yeah. like it's the same thing. We we're just sort of like, oh my god, look how dumb this guy is. How did he end up so? Powerful? And you, and he's we get, uh we get what, Bush two in there. What's interesting about Dan Quayle is he was an Indiana governor just like Pence. So it's uh, what's what's the deal with Indiana governors? <laughs> like, do they make? I don't good know. Stooges? Do we know anybody from Indiana? I that's me. I'm from I'm, I'm oh. from Indiana. Why aren't you running for office? I don't know. I should be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like hey, that's what <laughs> you got to do. Time. Right, you got to start local and then uh-huh. make some changes, right? Yeah, and try to yeah see if your vote can really go somewhere. You know, and start. You've there. already got a platform. Right. Bring back the bookstores. Hey, yeah, that is true. That's a good plan. Yeah. I don't know if it'd go well in Indiana though. That dude, that guy that owns that store is pretty prominent in in, in Lakewood. Mm-hmm. Lakewood, Ohio is a huge freaking city, dude, in Cleveland and. uh I mean, it's one of the bigger ones in Ohio, and yeah, yeah, he's pretty well known there. But he's not—he's probably he's our age, man. dude. He's not that much older. Like, yeah, probably. Well, I'm 40, so he's like right around my age, like maybe maybe a year or two older. But I have a—I have a terrifying feeling about the president in the future, right? Because you know we flip flop back and forth. We're gonna have Trump, and then we're gonna get some Democrat asshole, and then we're gonna get another Republican asshole, and it's just gonna go yeah. flopping back and forth until we all get super sick of it and just eat the rich, like we should have started doing. Yes, eat the rich. What happened to Occupy? (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. The Occupy freaked them out, didn't it, dude? Yeah, Yeah, Occupy Wall Street, Uh and we should do it again. Like that sort of stuff should be going on all the time. Like they need to be reminded that there's way and why? Why why didn't something like Occupy people? Why didn't it get nearly as much? Why didn't it get as much uh, coverage as all these other marches are getting? Like Occupy got zero coverage. Like it was, it was crazy. It got it got coverage, but I think what happened is. they didn't have like a good spokesman or their, yeah. their it was their message was too muddy. So there's nothing for the media to like latch onto. Right. Uh, but I mean, Occupy in Portland lasted for ages. The, the, the Occupy it did, didn't it? Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, but I feel, uh, but I'm now afraid that our next president, that, that the democratic party is going to find some ridiculous celebrity to put up to be president next. And then Trump will get and, another four years. That's what's no, going to happen. Won't. I don't think, I don't think he'll get another four years, think- but I do think that, um, I do think that we are facing a situation where for the future, the presidential norm is going to be this, this P- popularity like infantile, contest, infantile Twitter monster. Mm-hmm. And like every president is going to be on Twitter doing stupid shit on Twitter. It's possible. Now, yeah. Forever. He may, he may yeah. be, uh, he may be set the, set the mold for that. <laughs> Who knows? I think so. I think, I think that's, that's what we're in for. That's, it's going to be exciting. Maybe. And it's just, it's just like you, you try to bring him, you know, his whole bring everything down, break it all apart. You know, mm-hmm. his, his platform he was trying to run on, you know. And then, dude, if you got dirt like Trump has on him, you know, like, yeah, you're, how you're is he fucked. even still you there? Fuck, dude. You ain't going to be able to get shit done, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous because no president of the past would have gotten away with this much dirt. Like, no none of them like how 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 is it okay for him but the, you know what it is though like i think the way sometimes i you know you hear people break down it's just like people don't care dude 
Like, I don't know. It's weird. Like, well, they might not they, now, they, but they, they expected sure it used to. out of him. Like, Stormy Daniel. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. nobody cares. It's so yeah. weird, dude. Yeah, yeah. dude they're not going to shake the base. Because uh, <laughs> like, of the, I guess, the, the blatant, like, just MSM, just narrative, the destruction and terror, like, like, like stuff like that doesn't even phase people anymore. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Like the stuff that gets hyped is is anything with like guns and shit like that. I now, think you know? that like, I think if they hold oh, that yeah. if they hold that narrative like constantly bashing him, constantly bashing him with nothing like nothing coming out of the investigation, nothing actually <laughs> happening. Grim, dude, yeah. I Grim, think what a, did you just do to your cat's butt? <laughs> oh, I stuck my finger in it. Um, and then, but I think uh, yeah, okay. what's, yeah, what what's going to happen you is should a, totally red for office. A, a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you should totally run. <laughs> but I, I think it. a lot of people just vote for Trump out of spite because of all the shit that's going on. I think so too. just like fuck you guys, <laughs> right in. Uh huh. <laughs> well, you guys. I think I think I gotta get going here pretty soon. How do okay. you normally know when your episodes are over? Um, when this is the moment when the guest says, "I think oh, I gotta get going." Matter, soon. man. I mean, yeah, it's like whatever you want to do. If yeah, yeah. If, uh, do you guys just end up then you like kick me off and you have a second guest on and you just go for another? <laughs> no, no, hour. it doesn't happen. <laughs> no, we've never double booked the guest yet. I'm gonna go back and listen to some other episodes and see. I'm gonna be like. Well, some of them are tricks because we do like hour and a half intros on some of them, so it feels like there's uh-huh. two shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, some can be. Yeah, some of those earlier ones were really long, dude. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we kind of we got were away doing from like that. a shit show, basically, and tacking an interview on the end of it. Man, I'm like, man, yeah, like, it was, it was too long, much. Dude. So, what is a what is a shit show necessarily? Is that just when you've got too many people talking at once and everybody's just sort of like. Yeah, we we get as many people in the Zoom room as we can. Uh, we just hang out. We have little segments and jingles that we play, and everybody kind of brings uh-huh. a little bit, and then it just goes where it goes. Because when you have that many people, like... they kind of just the yeah. conversation guides itself. You don't really need topics. <laughs> Everybody's bringing yeah, something. Yeah, we'll do like a, yeah. The segments are you know there's like a health health slash uh, food segment like tech news stuff like that and everyone can kind of pick an tech article news. to contribute <laughs> to the group yeah oh, we i gotta be in one of these yeah it's i'm fun, totally dude. there for the oh you're totally you can come anytime you want you'll see All right. time. you guys could do an occult news segment and i'll just make shit up oh i like it oh, that sounds dude, great that, well we just added uh felix uh ortega he does all the uh the jingles and the music for our show uh-huh. He just gave he the newest one he just made was um crypto uh like the crypto zoology, <laughs> crypto zoology. Uh-huh. so now we have yeah. a crypto segment yeah, well if good. there's gonna be an occult segment I think you gotta use uh you gotta use Grimm's um million witches oh, oh man the, yes the gaggle <laughs> of witchlets the gaggle of witchlets got a gaggle of witchlets well yeah, we should definitely Eric thank you segment. thank you very much oh for hanging this has with been us. a pleasure. I, it's, yeah, it was it's, a fun I'm glad time. that this turned into a political podcast because I've always wanted to be on one of those, and I feel like I'm uh, just that's the most political we've ever gotten. I think <laughs> with a guest, uh, you know, actually. I think you could make a segment. You know, uh, now for the political segment. <laughs> well, it's, it's does part anybody of life. know anything about politics? Yeah. It's a part of life, you know. Yeah, and, no, yeah. It happens. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah, it is. It's okay to talk about stuff like that as long as we're not like completely just hating on each other you know yeah, well, I, don't want, I don't think it's, that way yeah i don't like, think it's ever cool when politics yeah. ends up like uh tearing 
people apart or yes. driving a wedge between them because that's kind of like I feel like that's the the big danger of it that politics yeah. is almost crafted in order to make people argue with each other so much that they can't they can't appreciate each other's humanity you know yes. what I mean yeah and the divide is strong my brother yeah. <laughs> it sure <laughs> is yeah. sure is yeah uh, all right well, well you guys thank you so much this has been oh, thank uh, you. a pleasure and I will totally be back for a shit show definitely oh, most definitely and definitely. I will help you guys shit sweet where can we find your uh, work or did we already go did you get some? oh well i've got my blog is uh, arnamancy.com um and i'm on twitter also or as uh, ryan peverly called it woke twitter woke twitter <laughs> cool. love that guy dude yeah and then uh i'm also i have a podcast my alchemical bromance where we talk about beer and the occult and um and aside from that you know if you if you say the right chance when uh, when Mercury's in Gatorade, then uh, maybe you'll even see me in your dreams. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, thank you. Eric. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. And you know, everyone out there, if you want to hang out with Eric, he's in our chats. Yeah. Come to the chats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Podcast done. Touch infinity, I think that your hand would fall. Voila. And we're gonna need all the purple in the world. And we're gonna need all the love in the world. In the race between the hare and the tortoise. Divinity, I think you'd come back in a flash with stories to tell. Coming out of your turtle shell to tell us of heaven and hell. Oh, and everything in between. Oh, and everything in between.
this turtle says, mm, says, love your fellow man. And the timeless turtle says, mm, says, love your fellow man. And the timeless turtle says, mm, says. Love your fellow 